coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Hello and welcome to The Right Hash, a special edition of The Right Hash here as we hit mid-April, and April means the NFL draft, and we are here to talk about the NFL draft. We're not going to beat around the bush. We're not going to make clever jokes and puns at the beginning here. We're going to let those just come to us as we talk about who needs what here on our first Right Hash draft special. Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you in the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. A couple different branches in use as usual, the Forsyth County branch and the Harnett County branch synergized to make one podcast. And this is one we've been waiting. We've been waiting for the right time to, to do it. Been trying to toy with, should we just do this by itself or with other things? And the overwhelming consensus between your two hosts was, we've got to look at the NFL draft all on its lonesome. And I mean, with what we've got typed out and what we've got planned, that I think that was the right call. Yeah, I mean, a- after all, we are the right hash. We're not the, you know, the blue line or the right foul line. We are the right hash, and that signifies a football field. So, we we are going back. We are going back into our bag of tricks to what we know best, and that is the NFL. Thankfully, we've had the week kind of open up for us. There's really not much going on right now. Um, I mean, I guess you have the NBA play-in games, but other than that, it is just. We're kind of smooth sailing until the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, these NBAs, you know, the series, these early series are generally decided before they take the court. Um, NHL, not so much. NHL upsets are a little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, organic, I would say, uh, in, in the NHL. And I like how they reseed the field. So it, it, it's weird that the NHL regular season is still happening while the NBA playoffs are, are about to start. Normally, it's the other way around. Uh, so we'll have some, we'll have some of that later on. Uh, but yeah, football, we were talking off air about just football just makes our show much easier for us to do because it is what we do. And we kind of, we kind of just look for the football in, in everything. Now you might have, you might've noticed by now, um, but we do, we do have a couple other, other products that we have, we have launched. You've heard 10 minutes with 10 man, a couple of those, uh, kind of these, uh, re recaps of what happens with the Jaguars in Tennessee for, uh, geared toward those fans specifically. And then, uh, we had epic sports stories as told by Luke. Uh, catch that. Go back and listen to that. Uh, Virginia versus Tennessee 2007 NCAA tournament. If you haven't already, give us some feedback on that. I've gotten some good feedback already from a few people. So thank you all for listening. And if you haven't listened to that, go back and catch it. And um, well, now, I mean, but now we have we, this show will not be uh, not be the quarters format. This will just be NFL draft the whole way through. We'll, we'll, we'll move it at kind of our own pace, but we do, we do have a, a schedule of sorts. We're going to go division uh, by division. And we'll start with the NFC East. Uh, so before we do that, we'd thank uh, Slim Sweets, Speedy Custom Sneakers. Um, thanks, Zach Burhans, for our, our uh, voiceover at the beginning. Uh, we have some different teams represented by by that crew. Um, Earl is, of course, a Washington Commanders fan with Slim Sweets and Zach. Zach, a Broncos fan, Denver Broncos fan. He'll have a new uh, new quarterback to root for this year. And we'll if get you're to the happy West. and you know it, clap Burhans. Yeah, freeze. Everybody <laughs> clap her hand. Like I don't I like say that it. to him every day at work. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll sure. get to actually, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. We're going to make I, more I, puns. No, no, I was just going to say, I'm sure he's really enjoying bringing work home, listening to us make Burhan's puns on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. But we'll get to the AFC West. Uh, la- they're last in our rotation here. Uh, as you know, you don't mess up the rotation on the right hash. Uh, so we'll start with the, the NFC East because that's where my favorite team is. We're um, moving the to NFC the left, East, right? We are. We'll say that again. We're we're moving to the left. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We are we are passing to the left as we go. Okay, we're gonna go e- within sense. each division. If you're looking at it on a map, we're gonna go clockwise: east, south. Well, then then north and then west. But you know what? We're we're doing it however the hell we feel like it on the right hash. Um, to the left. So yeah. So the Washington <laughs> the Washington Commanders, um, basically the first the two primary uh, first round targets they have they only have one first round pick so they got to pick one but unless they draft they trade back which which has been more of a possibility lately uh, I still don't think it's going to happen pick number 11 for the commanders and the two uh, <clears throat> excuse me the two positions I've seen are two positions that are opposite each other in wide receiver and cornerback and I think if they go cornerback um, if Sauce Gardner is available you got to go him there or, or Derek Stingley Jr. but they also are looking for uh, kind of a big physical wide receiver to complement Terry McLaurin. Uh, Curtis Samuel didn't pan out because of injury last year. Um, so a lot of people think uh, you know Chris Olave is a possibility. Drake London is a possibility. Um, Alex, who are some other receivers that uh, you have high up that could go in that, in that range? In the 11 range? Uh, I mean, Jamison Williams, if, uh, if you're feeling a little bit risk adverse, uh, I like Traylon Burks for a big receiver out of Arkansas. Probably my favorite receiver prospect in this class just because he is so different from everybody else. Um, I, I, I like I like your call-outs to Sauce and Stingley. I think if either one of those guys winds up in Washington, you're fine at 11. Um, if, you, if you wind up trading back, you're looking at a guy like Andrew Booth, uh, maybe this kid McDuffie. Um, and from a wide receiver perspective, I'm thinking Olave is – Olave's been projected at like that 30 to 34 range, so probably a little bit of a reach on him over his uh, his teammate, Garrett Wilson, who's probably going to go early in the draft, maybe first receiver taken. Uh, but that the, the great news for everyone, if you need a wide receiver, this draft is absolutely stacked. I mean, I've got, I've got John Mechie at 10. 10 in the wide receivers ranking. Like, John, John Mechie. That that Dude. guy who it was basically the reason Bama didn't win a national title because he got hurt. That guy. So John Mechie and Jamison Williams are both coming off injuries. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. One of the Mechie got hurt in the SEC championship game. Williams got hurt in the BCS championship, CFP championship game. To my to my recollection, yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's here's my question: if they go if they go not receiver, if they if they go corner. There's to me, there's a higher learning curve to play cornerback in the in the in the uh, the NFL because you're going up against veteran receivers, you know, speedier receivers that you hadn't you hadn't gone up against in college. Usually, if they take somebody like Sauce Gardner, should Washington fans kind of be patient with with that pick because you know you're you're it doesn't matter how good you were in college, you're due to get burned a few times as a rookie defensive back. Oh yeah, especially the way the game's officiated now. You're not allowed to touch. You're not allowed to tug. None of that stuff is. It it, it doesn't fly anymore. Um, 
I, I, I would advise any team drafting to be patient with your rookies. Uh, so not just Sauce Gardner, but um, specifically to Sauce, whoever drafts him needs to be ready to just go ahead and admit the fact he's going to give up a touchdown in his NFL career. Don't say he's a bust because he breaks his streak of never giving up a touchdown from college. Uh, he's an amazing corner. The thing you want out of a defensive back and what separates Sauce and Stingley so much is they have if there if there is a Greek letter above alpha, they they are that type of male. They are an alpha male. They are kind of like that J- Jalen Ramsey, Daryl Revis, you know, j- just that type of corner that no matter what happens, I am better than you. And you you have to have that in a defensive back. Um, another thing to point out, especially for Washington, should they take a corner, um, not typically a position that flips the team's record overnight. Um, so just because you draft Sauce doesn't mean you're going to win three game, three extra games next year uh, just for upgrading there. So I, I think it's always great to practice patience when you're talking about the NFL draft. The, the – we're talking about projections. So the draft is about where a guy is going to be, not where he is. You are not drafting off of what a guy has done right now or what he is right now. You are drafting on what you think you can turn him into and what he will become. And I think Sauce has got a great chance to become that next Jalen Ramsey type of defensive back in this league. I know that's high praise, but he's the top corner in this in this class. And he's already got the attitude for it, too. He's like been on record saying, like, I'm the best player in this draft. Like only only a few players do, you know, not every player comes in with that attitude. So he hasn't been like scored in college. Yeah. Like, I mean, you he, have to have that. He, he goes from high school to college and people are like, you know, it's a different level. You're going to get scored on here. And the guy didn't get scored on. He played in the CFP. Didn't get scored on. That's pretty. Yeah. I mean, for <laughs> Cincinnati, especially in a league with like the American where it's a lot of high powered offenses too. Yeah. Like there's a lot of speed in that league that you know people don't talk about. People don't people don't pay attention to that league in football a whole lot because why yeah. would you? Uh, but, yeah. but there's and a lot of talent in that league that gets overlooked. Don't Talking get me wrong, Mooney's a guy who came out of that league and he's doing big things for the Bears. I I have my own hesitations, like you said, just because of where they played. But I mean, at, at a certain point, you you go to a combine, you run very well, you test very well, your tape is good. You can only play against the guys you're playing against, and if you don't get scored on, I, I don't know if there's anyone who has done their job more in the entire sport since he's been in since he's been at Cincinnati that has done their job at a more consistent level than Sauce Gardner. Plus, his name is Sauce, dude. Like, his name is Sauce, dude. Like, is it just is? I, there's so many things you can do with that. Like, good awesome references. Yeah. The sauce is the sauce's boss. Like you got sauced, you got sauced. I'm so sauced right now, man. Every time, every time he, every time you, uh, he makes an interception, you, you chug your beer and you get, you get sauced. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> Randy sauce. <laughs> so that, I don't know. Washington also needs help in the trenches, uh, but I do think they'll go, uh, they'll go skill position first uh, with the first, their their own number eleven pick. Um, looking more in I, that division. Go ahead if you have anything else about, about Washington. Yeah, just real quick, I, uh, another thing to watch out at 11, and I, I know you picked up Carson Wentz and maybe the, uh, the the lean is away from this now, but there's still not really a future option, in my opinion, on this roster um, at quarterback. And you're, gonna, you're sitting at 11. Um, chances are Malik Willis is probably gone. Kenny Pickett may be gone. 
you're going to be in that conversation of Corral and Ritter right there. I just want to throw that out there because people say, oh, this is a horrible draft class, and it happens every year. happens every year that the quarterbacks shoot up the board in the last week uh, because no one wants to get tip their hand on what quarterback they're taking or if they're taking a quarterback, and everything zooms up the last week. So just be ready for the quarterback creep. It's already happening. I mean, Malik Willis is the favorite to go at two right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, and we were talking about a guy who we weren't even sure if he was going to test at the combine as a quarterback, as an athlete like Lamar Jackson. Like, we had so many questions around him, and now he's the favorite to go at two or three. It's it's going to happen. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there since we were on Washington. Yeah, that, actually, there's a, there's you, you yeah there's there's uh, a team there's a couple teams that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on that I think are candidates to draft quarterbacks. Um, so stay stay tuned for that. Um, big has to do with Malik Willis and and the team you have him projected with too. Uh, so we'll get to those teams. Uh, also within the NFC East, another team I think that can help themselves on offense uh, is is especially at the skill position specifically is the Dallas Cowboys. They owe Ezekiel Elliott $30 million of guaranteed money over the next two years. Um, He's on his way out. I I think they're going to need to shore up the running back position um, behind Tony Pollard, who should be the the every down back uh, for that team. I also think Dallas could be in the market for one of those big wide receivers that I talked about with Washington uh, because uh, ever since Des Bryant was in town, they haven't had one of those big go up and get them receivers uh, that that I think that offense needs in order to be successful. Yeah, um, you know it's they've had an interesting roster churn happen this offseason because they went from having too many receivers to now possibly I mean really needing another one. Um, they let Cedric Wilson sign elsewhere. They let um, they traded Amari Cooper, um, and they're they're stuck. Not stuck, but CD Lamb's kind of the leader in the clubhouse. They re-signed Michael Gallup, but there, there there's. To me, there's not like an alpha there. C.D. Lamb is a great slot receiver. He's a great number one option, but I just don't think you have a traditional receiver on that team. And I think once again, you know, that they have one first round pick. They pick at 24. They're going to be in that, you know, George Pickens, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson range. Um, I definitely don't. I don't see anybody drafting a running back in the first round this year. Um, I just don't think Kenneth Walker is going to be worth it, and I don't think the position is worth it anymore. Um, un- unless you have one of those, you know, kind of Swiss Army knife guys like the Jags picked up in ETN last year, as ill-advised as it was, I, th- I still think it's okay just because you're building an offense, and I mean they didn't really have anyone of that kind of position, maybe uh, Chenault, but I. Uh, I don't think running back is going to come up in the first round. So I think they're going to focus either on wide receiver or if this Karloftis guy drops to them, I really like Karloftis to to Dallas. I think he makes a lot of sense off the edge. Um, They're they're going to be looking for edge. They may be looking for a safety as well. I don't think Kyle Hamilton is going to be there, but watch out for Dallas maybe trading up to go get Kyle Hamilton, who – uh, as a safety, by a lot of experts' opinion, is the top prospect in this draft. Um, he probably has the most guaranteed 
success kind of ahead of him. But the problem is safeties just aren't worth much. That's why you see him bouncing around the the top top safeties like your Minka Fitzpatrick's and um, the, you know those guys. You, you've seen them be with multiple teams just because they're not worth paying as much. Defensive backs are hard to pay because you're not allowed to play your position. Um, so I think Dallas will either go wide receiver or they'll go edge if they if that Carlos this guy there. Uh, maybe Jermaine Johnson. It's safe to say Hutchison and Thibodeau are going to be gone by the time they're picking, though. Yeah. What about what about C.D. Lamb in the Debo Samuel role? Role. He's never. He's not somebody that anyone's mentioned in that. But I, the more I think about it, the more I think he could fit in there. I I think we'll see. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they'll do that this year because I think Tony Pollard is a better candidate for that role. Personally, I think that they'll probably draft. Uh, uh, Maybe like a later on a Deshaun Corbin, Zonovan Knight, like a little bit bigger back to take place of Ezekiel Elliott when they do decide to to, to let him go find other uh, another employer. Um, so I think they'll shore up the back the the running back and maybe turn Tony Pollard into that Debo Samuel, which he kind of was this year in a way. Um, I'm not sure CD Lamb is big enough to do it. I guess we'll see kind of what Miami does with Tyreek Hill because that's the same concern I have down there. I just don't know if he's big enough to be a threat to run between the tackles like you need that position to do. Um, so I I don't know. We'll see what his body looks like. He's still a really young guy, still a lot of time to change his body and kind of adapt to what the Cowboys need, what the NFL needs. Um, I, I think you're taking away a big part of the offense if he's not running 20 yards the other way, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Just kind of an impromptu little impromptu little question I, I threw, sure. up, threw up there because you jog my memory with a with the going through their receivers. Um, no, no. so I mean I think one of the big uh maybe underrated guys that we should look at there is Tyler Linderbaum. Uh he's a, a, a guard center hybrid. Um the Cowboys definitely need to shore up some of that interior offensive line. Very tackle heavy clash right now. Um and we we saw the Cowboys do this what was it, five, six years ago? Um, man, the name is slipping my mind. Who was that center they snagged at the end of the first round like six years ago? Everyone gave him so much shit for Travis it. Travis Frederick. Yeah, Travis Frederick. Thank you. Um, the, the, the Cowboys have just always kind of marched to the beat of their own drum when it comes to the draft, kind of like the Patriots. And I I think I think that uh, – <sighs> Sorry, uh, Linderbaum is a perfect fit for the Cowboys' interior offensive line. So I, I think the Cowboys have got a lot of good options. The nice thing for them, I think they've got a really good core of their team, um, and they have the benefit of really taking the best player available that fits into a slot they need. Yeah, and it's it's rare that your first rounder doesn't like immediately fit into a slot you need. Um, looking at other teams in the division. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, will go defense in their first their first um, <clears throat> their first round pick. I think uh, they need to, they they also they need help on the front seven. I think they've got a solid secondary, but Fletcher Cox is getting old. Um, if they do, they even still do they get? I can't remember if they got rid of him or like released they him and signed him back. Him. That's right. I know. I, I was like, I know he didn't. I know he didn't actually leave. Um, but I swore. I, I swore that he he got released at one point. It's an aging front, you know, front seven. Um, I think Philly also needs help with like on the edges, like with the, with the pass rush. Um, I think that's a place they can improve. I think they're they're you 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 actually you have them going with a receiver, uh, but actually another Alabama receiver uh, to uh, complement Devonte Smith. Um, 
But I, I think I think we you know we've highlighted a couple teams that I think will go offense first. I think Philadelphia goes defense first. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Um, I, I put Jamison Williams there, uh, and for, for all of our listeners, we are going to have a mock draft special before the draft. This is not what that is. We are going to have you know a separate episode where we do reveal a mock draft that's a little mm-hmm. bit closer. Um, there are still a lot of chips to fall. A lot of major free agent names are still out there. Um, so a lot of stuff can change in the next 15 days before the draft starts. But to the Eagles, um, their their biggest need is probably corner. They have two first-round picks. Remember, they made that trade with the Saints to kind of just flip around some picks from next year and last year and this year, whatever. Um so that they're picking at 15 and 18. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the run on corners goes. If Sauce makes it to you guys in, in Washington, there's a really good chance that Stingley makes it down to Philly. And if Stingley makes it to Philly, they are taking him, period, blank. If Sauce or Stingley makes it to Philly, they are taking him, point blank, period. There is no question in my mind they will take either one of those guys. Um, if they're not there, then, like you said, they're, they're, they're going to replace Derek Barnett. They need to re- uh, a future... Uh, replacement for uh, Fletcher Cox. Luckily for them, the interior defensive line of this draft is insane. It, it's what won Georgia the national championship. You've got Travon Walker. You have Jordan Davis, Bo- Boye Mafe, uh, Devonde Wyatt. I mean, three of the top four interior defensive linemen in this draft are Georgia Bulldogs. Um, really impressive what they were able to do and, and develop there in Athens this season. It was really special from a defensive perspective. Um, and I, I, I think I think uh, the Eagles would be happy to have – if Jordan Davis fell, I could see them taking it. I don't know if interior defensive line is a big enough need for them to take it here, but it's definitely maybe the, the highest ceiling position in this draft, maybe the deepest with receiver in this draft. So a lot of options there for them. I'm not sure there's going to be an edge rusher that fits what they do. Um, where they're picking at fifteen and eighteen, though. Yeah, and another uh, another team in the division with with two picks is the the New York Giants. Those are much higher than the picks that the uh, the Eagles have for for obvious reasons. Um, but Giants need help everywhere. Um, they've actually, I thought, I think their offensive line is a little bit better than people are advertising with Andrew Thomas. Um, Nick Gates will be coming off an injury, um, but they you know they've got they need help at guard because Will Hernandez is one of the worst guards in the league. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a, a very, very possible landing spot for Iki Aquano, uh, as much as it would break my heart to see him wearing that Giants uniform after seeing him in a Wolfpack uniform. But that that does happen. Unfortunately, that does happen. Yeah, you, you're just happy when you get collegiate representation in the NFL in any regard for the most part. Um, not, not something you can control. So I know you won't be buying a – Equanu jersey if he winds up in the in New York, but um, thankfully offensive linemen have next to no like significant. This is going to sound wrong. They don't have like major major media impact, so it's not like you know Equanu would be the guy. The reason the Redskins failed or something like that. Um, I I do like Equanu there if he makes it. Uh, kind of a toss up between him and Charles Cross as to what teams prefer. Uh, I do think tackles might fall just a little bit uh, after being projected. Uh, two or three different guys were projected at number one for um, the Jaguars until they uh, 
completed their franchise tag on Cam Robinson, which he just signed today, pretty much signaling that they're not going to take an offensive tackle at one. Um, and for the Giants, I, I think offensive tackle is their biggest need. Um, Edge is probably secondary. I actually really like what they have on offense. Uh, the problem is it's been injured for the last two years. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton. Um, they could probably afford to go snag a tight end later in this draft, but um, edge, safety, tackle. Um, that, that, that This is kind of the spot where we find out what New York wants to focus on. They have the fifth pick and they have the seventh pick. Uh, fifth pick, for sure, you're going to have a tackle there, and pretty much for sure you're going to have Kyle Hamilton there. So um, <laughs> really interested to see what New York does. They, they've got a chance to get both um, uh, a tackle and Hamilton, but I'm interested to see what they do. I'm, I'm not quite sure what they are going to do. I could see them trading up even, uh, you know, packaging picks, getting a pick next year and trading up potentially um, to go get, you know, Evan Neal, um, who I think is the best tackle in this class. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's interesting, it'll be interesting to see how much they value Saquon Barkley still. Um, I know they were shopping him around, um, but it'll – I want to see if they're going to like build, try and keep building around him, or if they're finally going to say, "All right, this this experiment is over." Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's like a. I wouldn't even call it an experiment. It, he was clearly good enough to play until he got hurt. Um, he was clearly the guy that we thought he was out of Penn State until he had that injury, and then he had the follow up injury after that. And running backs just sometimes aren't the same. Um, I, I like what he is. I always thought he was in. I, I thought. Saquon Barkley, and I still kind of think Saquon Barkley is what the Colts have in Jonathan Taylor. I think they're very similar running backs. Um, and he's he's still young. Um, the problem is those injuries. I could see them going and picking up some some running back depth later in this draft, but uh, I think they're probably happy with Saquon as long as he's healthy. I, I know they were shopping him, but he's in New York now. Yeah, maybe he'll Saquon for the team and, you know, may work that contract a little bit to, you know, to – Make make the team better. See if they'll win a ring. <laughs> that yeah 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 yeah. Let's pretty, go with that. I was pretty. I was. I don't know. Try, try to work. <laughs> we'll try to get a pun, a pun per division in. We'll, okay. see, we'll see how that goes here on the right hash. Okay. Um, but I wasn't, it, I wasn't. I wasn't feeling that one. No, you weren't. No, it was. It was not as good as the Elton John one last show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, to the to the uh, south, and starting off with the south here. These are the first couple teams that I think possibly could take a quarterback. Um, here, right here in North Carolina, there's been been a lot of speculation of various quarterbacks coming to the Panthers. You know, Baker Mayfield. You know, they flirted with Sean Watson for a little bit before Watson went to Cleveland. I, I could I could see the Panthers looking to the draft, and I can also see the Saints looking to the draft of one of these many mysterious quarterbacks that you know, like you said, they tend to creep up the board as, as the draft gets closer and. These are two teams that, similar to Washington, don't really have a long-term answer at the quarterback position, even though they look to be going into this season with the same people as they went into last season with. I mean, the Saints need pretty much everything on offense. It's not a running back or a tight end. There is – this is one of those open-ended questions on the test, that there's a lot yeah. of right answers. <laughs> Sh- show your work. It's probably right. Um, the, the Saints, they pick at 16 and 19, so – Luckily for them, A, it, like I said, very, very deep wide receiver class. Really good chance they pick up a guy or two 
to to help that that room, especially with the Michael Thomas future still a little bit uncertain. Um, and then, I mean, you, you look at ultimately what you should probably be getting if you're the Saints. Maybe a quarterback. I like Jameis for another year. Um, I think you you got to get that offensive line short up. Your biggest asset right now, as long as he's not punching guys in Vegas, is Alvin Kamara. <laughs> um, and you, you need to make sure that he can operate. That that needs to be first and foremost objective is make sure Alvin Kamara can be Alvin Kamara. Fill in everything else later. If Alvin Kamara can't operate, your team is doomed anyway. You, uh, half of your salary is dumped into that guy. Um, he is your best player, bar none. There is not even a second one that is even close. No offense, Taysom Hill, you're not close. Um, they need offensive tackle. And I like a guy like Kenyon Green later. I really, really like Trevor Penning. Uh, he, he's kind of made his waves around social media with how – mean and physical and nasty he played at the senior bowl really really like that in my offensive lineman personally he's probably more of a back half of the second round maybe in the late 20s early 30s but he's he's a guy i'd take at 19 if if you need an offensive tackle i feel very comfortable taking penning so go go like burks at 16 go go get your receiver go get you a big receiver um and grab you an offensive tackle at 19 and f- figure out quarterback next year. Yeah, well, I'm actually looking looking at this division. No team has a long term answer at quarterback. I would say, you know, nope. I think Brady's got one more year left. Probably uh, Marcus Mariota is not going to resurrect his career in Atlanta. That's going to be a bold prediction of the day. Um, so it, this this is maybe the most quarterback needy division as a collective in the league. Um, but Atlanta, Atlanta's going to need defense uh, because they lost their best defender to your Jaguars, Foye Aluicon. Um, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised they let him get away. <laughs> but Atlanta, it's going to be interesting because that linebacker position is sort of declining in favor of the, the Buffalo nickel. Uh, more teams are going out of the nickel base now uh, because the offenses have, have evolved and so too have the defenses. Um, but I think Atlanta's going to need to take either a linebacker or somebody in the in the defensive, you know, in, in somebody in the secondary as well, uh, because they lost their leader on defense. Yeah, I, I think I think the Falcons, while it was maybe a little bit of a head scratching move, um, I think they realized that they don't have the pieces right now. Calvin Ridley being Calvin Ridley, not playing this year, uh, most likely on the move um, before he plays another game for the Falcons. Um, uh, it, it, it would just be really difficult to sink the kind of money that the Jaguars did into the linebacker when you don't know who your quarterback of the future is. Um, and if you if you put all that money into Aluakon, you limit yourself with what you can do on the free agency market, especially since they had Deshaun Watson really on the end of the line. Um, it, it came down right to the end. He almost was a Falcon. They would have needed money to pay Deshaun Watson, especially what the Browns paid him. Um, so... I can understand not going that way. He's a humongous impact player, but not for them right now. Um, You could definitely make the argument that he's not going to be an impact player immediately for the Jaguars. I mean, who, who really is even Trevor Lawrence couldn't be an impact player for the Jaguars immediately. Um, So I, they pick it eight to to me. They're another one of these teams that I I'd like to see go edge. Uh, If I had to, if I just had to make a bold prediction, I think they're going to go get a receiver 
at eight, they probably take Garrett Wilson if he's there. Um, this is probably the best place for a receiver to go immediately. Uh, I, I would love to be tagged, tag teamed with Kyle Pitts for the rest of my career if I could. Um, that it just sounds like, I mean, look at how Tyreek Hill did being tied at the hip with Travis Kelsey. Uh, look at how Debo Samuel does tied at the hip with George Kittle. Anytime you got a great tight end, typically he's opening something else for your top receiver. So I like Garrett Wilson there, build around him. Uh, they don't pick, they, they have two second round picks, so they can fill out some of that, uh, edge. They can grab their quarterback there. If they want to grab a guy this year, maybe a Des Ritter, maybe a Matt Corral. I think both of those will be second-round guys, personally. But like I was saying, quarterback creep happens. And then, of course, they need linebacker. Uh, so they could always go N'Kobe Dean. Uh, they could, they would probably need to trade back up into the first round to get N'Kobe Dean. But to me, being that he's played at Georgia, the best linebacker in this class to me, um, uh, may, might be worth it. Tits out for N'Kobe? Tits out for N'Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> The Dean's List. <laughs> as far as the Buccaneers go, I, I I basically have I've written down whatever Brady says, but but in reality, they they need to get this draft right too because they have a lot of older guys, guys whose contracts are going to be expiring, or guys who are on one year deals, and guys who are really only back because Brady came back. So it, it's almost like a, a, a redux of last year for for the Buccaneers in that they have. They have the goat again, and he will mask a lot of their issues. But I think Tampa Bay is a team that's under a lot of pressure to draft well uh, because you're trying to set up Todd Bowles for the future. Um, much has been made of that. And they're going to have a void at quarterback after next season. Uh, so I, I, I think they're another dark horse. I didn't have them originally as a dark horse to take a quarterback, but I, I also think they they could take it. No, probably not in the first or second round, but and not maybe not a lot of the guys we even have been talking about to this point. But I think Tampa Bay comes out of the draft, out of at least the second day of the draft with a quarterback. You mean you don't believe in Kyle Trask? No, I, I don't believe in Kyle Trask. Good, good boy, good boy. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that that was, or, that was or nor, nor Blaine, nor Blaine Gabbert, for that matter. <laughs> I, I bet Blaine Gabbert is a fantastic third string quarterback, and that is about <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> under no circumstances should a team draft him in the top ten of the NFL draft ever. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Jaguars, for doing that. I, I, I like, um, I, I like what the Bucks have. They, they got that contract done with Chris Godwin. Um, I'm not so sure the Bucks are actually going to be a team that has a, a quarterback room like that. So something about it just seems like they're going to stream. They're going to kind of do what fantasy players do and stream quarterbacks. Um, I think the offense runs itself. I think Byron Leftwich is a lot more of a cog to that than Tom Brady is. Tom Brady is a ma massive cog in running it and running it <laughs> accurately and running it well. But I think the offense itself is Byron Leftwich and, and and Bruce Arians, you know, brainchild. Now it's just with, with Byron. But I think they're going to be able to attract quarterbacks when Tom Brady's done because they're going to be able to sell. Come play for this defense in a weak conference and you've got Chris Godwin here. Mike Evans is here. Uh, they've done a, a pretty good job on making sure their offensive line got up, got upgraded. There are some older guys and we saw that take a toll in the Rams game, but um, I don't, I it's, it's hard for me to see them drafting a quarterback a, because I don't like any of them there for this year. 
Um, and I, I don't know. I just got a gut feeling they are not going to go with a franchise rookie type quarterback plan. I just think they're going to, I think they're going to go get free agents. Yeah. I mean, kind of like I said, like I said, kind of whatever Brady wants. Brady has that pull to like, he could call up Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that's just an example. I'd be like, Hey, you want to play for, play for me. I don't and, and see for the most part, people would be like, yeah, I want to play for Tom Brady. Maybe, maybe that much like on a free agent basis, but from a, from a, a draft perspective, I mean, we've, I don't know if you heard the rumors that came out this week. I don't even know if they were rumors, but basically Brady retired so that he could become the GM of the dolphins and Brian Flores uh, lawsuit yeah. screwed all that up. Oh yeah. Definitely um, pay so, attention to that. I, I really don't think Tom Brady's going to have very much of a say in this, considering his whole backdoor plan was to go be a, a GM for another team in the same state. So I, I, I got to think that maybe the relationship there with Brady and the Bucks is not the healthiest that it's been. Um, probably his last year in Tampa. I would I would say that's almost a certainty. It's got to uh, be his last year in the league. <laughs> it's got uh, to be. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be his last year in the league. I think he really wants to play in Miami or San Francisco. Um, but I, it, it, it might be, it might be very well could be. Um, yeah. One of those old guard quarterbacks that we've been privileged to watch for so yeah. long. So. But that, they don't have a rebuild roster. I just don't see them going to go get a, a rookie quarterback unless the wheels fall off completely everywhere. No. And, and I think that's why it's important for them to draft so well at the other positions because yep. they're going to need, you know, one, one day soon, they're going to have a young quarterback who's going to get thrown into the fire and they're going to need to have the, the tools around him. To, to, to be uh, consistent, they have the 27th pick this year, so they are picking on the back end. Probably that they're, they're the place that I've seen Trevor Penning probably mocked the most. That one makes a lot of sense to me. Um, uh, again, Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson. I think interior O-line is probably the biggest need for them right now, followed by maybe some safety help. Uh, Louis Cine, Daxton Hill are two guys who are probably going to be there towards the end of this first round. That I that I like. Um, there, there's there's a lot of options for Tampa Bay because they don't have a lot of immediate holes to fill. They have a lot of future holes to fill, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And another team that I think is going to have future holes to fill uh, as we move to the north is the Green Bay Packers, and they already have one hole to fill from free agency, and that's finding Aaron Rodgers a new number one receiver. Did we uh, cover the, the Panthers? Adams. Did we? Co- oh, we, well, I did mention them, and. I mentioned yeah, that they, we might, just they, about might, they might, yeah, they, they got lumped in with that. So the Panth, well, actually, it, we're, we're still, it's quarterback, there's quarterback talk uh, for them too. Uh, I, I, I think they also could be a, be a team that, like I said at the beginning of the South, um, I think they could all, they're also a prime candidate for a quarterback. Um, kind of the, the, the speculation has kind of cooled off uh, a little bit since they lost out on Deshaun Watson and, uh, now that they weren't interested in Baker Mayfield, but I, I, I think I just think they got to go. They got to improve the quarterback room somehow. They they need to build a little bit of hope for the future because there's pretty much none surrounding the Panthers right now. Yeah, I would agree. They are picking at six. Um, I if Malik Willis is there, I think you got to snag him. Um, if he's not there, the decision's a lot harder. Do do you want to? Roll the dice on Pickett at six. Um, you want to roll, roll the dice on Ritter or Corral at six? Um, I don't know. Those or are. Someone's, or if you know they're going to be there later, do you trade back? 
Well, that, and I think that's the consideration. Um, because what Carolina needs really is offensive line and and quarterback. As as much as I still kind of think, I mean, I think the league gives up on quarterbacks too fast. I'm not saying Sam Darnold has not earned people giving up on him. I just think the league in general gives up on quarterbacks too fast. Um, so I, I don't think Sam Darnold's career is over, but I definitely think the Panthers have to do something now. I mean, Matt, Matt Rule is going to get fired next year if they suck, and he's not rolling Sam Darnold out there in a contract year for himself. He is going to try to get a, any project guy he can get, make him look promising during the season, and keep his job. That's what Matt Rule is after right now. That's what really anyone in in Carolina is after right now is get us a guy that we can just believe in. Um, at that, I think we saw that at the beginning of last season with Sam Darnold, and the wheels just fell off when everyone got hurt. Um, another thing that they're going to need is a contingency plan for CMC. That's not something you get at six, but that is something they need in this draft. I don't maybe like Chuba Hubbard there. Maybe they can do that Debo Samuel trade that we, we were talking about last show. That would make so much sense. <laughs> I'm just, it I'm does. Just, it really does. I was thinking about it the other day, like off air. I was like, dang, it would, especially with the college, the alma maters and stuff. It just makes so uh, – anyway, um, <laughs> it, it that would be sweet. I, I would love yeah. to see that. It would solve problems for both teams too. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, here they sit at six, and yeah, it's I, just I one of the – it's just one of those things where I, uh, it's it, it's I think, not a it's not a great feeling place to be. If, if they were picking at like eleven, where you guys are, I feel a lot better because I feel better about taking Pickett or Corral there. I don't feel good bit taking Pickett or Corral at six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think this is where we could see our first like trade down, first yeah. big movement in the draft order. Because if you're not as high on a quarterback, you can always try and try and draft or trade down. This Please is probably where one out. of those. This is probably where one of those corner needy teams. Maybe you guys packages their first and their second rounder to ensure that they grab Sauce or Stingley um, before they're off the board. I could see that happening, or maybe someone just really, really loves one of these offensive tackles. Um, so Carolina could be on the move. Um, I just think this draft is so deep; you almost don't have to trade up for anything. It's, something's going to fall to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about the depth of the of the draft on it off air, and then actually in our next in our next show, we'll we'll, we'll talk kind of more about why why we think that is. Um, I, I I brought up the the whole like COVID extra year of eligibility. Um, it's it's a it's a, a debate for for the next uh, the next draft special. As I I mean I yeah I I would not be shocked if we saw either a quarterback off the board or a traded pick uh, when the Carolina yeah. Panthers take the board at number six. Um, and I, I, I don't think Matt Rule has a whole hell of a lot of decision, uh, you know, uh, autonomy in the decision either, uh, especially given the way he's coached the first couple of years. I, I, I'm not going to say autonomy, but they kept him, and he he does historically up until Sam Darnold, he does great work with offense and quarterbacks. So um, it's just one of those things where you know the Jets weren't able to get Sam Darnold to work either how much do you blame Matt Rule versus how much I mean I, I guess he advocated for him they traded a second round pick for him but um yeah uh, just a really weird gray area Carolina is in right now I, yeah I almost I almost would rather be where the Jaguars are right now because I I at least know you know 
we have, we have no delusions about being almost good, almost bad. We're we're bad, and we're gonna get better, but we're we're, we're just bad, unequivocally bad. Yeah, you're bad Carolina right now. Like, Carolina is like, man, they have talent. They have players on that team. They have they have potential, and that's that's what hurts about Carolina. That's what hurts about seeing them drafting here at six. Is they are not the sixth worst roster in the NFL. Nope, I think that's where. It's where coaching plays a part, I think. Big time. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and leadership. It, no, no secret that they have been a little bit of a, uh, of a dumpster fire internally there for the last five or six years with the David Tepper stuff. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see, uh, we'll see if they can turn it around. Uh, on to the NFC North. Um, and I think the, these are, there are two teams in this division that both need weapons for their quarterback. And I alluded to the first one earlier. Uh, in Green Bay, I think Chicago is also a team that needs to draft a bona fide weapon for Justin Fields. But we'll start with the Packers because they lost the best receiver in, in the NFL to the, the Raiders um, in Devontae Adams. Uh, it's much has been made of the drafts through the years of how they kind of ignore the offense, ignore drafting weapons for Aaron Rodgers. And they just signed Rodgers to this big deal. So here's an opportunity now to inexpensively stack some talent around him. Do we think the Packers are finally going to subscribe to that theory? Yeah, I was going to say, man, uh, they got about no one else in the entire NFL that can afford but rookies at this point. Yeah, um, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they've got two first-round picks. They've got two second-round picks. They've got, you know, they're, they're going to add some rookies, definitely. They, I, I'm not sure exactly where they're going to add. I mean, I would say the big needs are wide receiver, first of all. Um, and then I, I, I would flip it to the defensive line. I think their defensive line needs a lot of work. Um, they could maybe afford to go grab, uh, an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle, but, um, wouldn't be my biggest concern right now. I, I don't think maybe you want to invest in protecting the rest of what you have of Aaron Rodgers, but me personally, I would be trying to invest in making sure that my entire franchise doesn't have to be, um, uh, crowdfunded like the last time the Packers uh, had to sell sh- stocks and shares of the team. Um, I, I just wouldn't want my franchise to get to that point again of it being so bad. So I, I would be preparing for the future. I think they've mismanaged that entire roster grossly for the last 10 years. So I have no faith that they're going to do the right thing. But, um, it you know, dra- drafting at um, uh, 22 – there's going to be receivers drafting at 28. There's going to be receivers. Um, there's going to be edge. There's going to be, there's going to be a lot of interior defensive line. Uh, there may be a candidate trade up. I don't know, package two first round picks to Carolina and go grab uh, Trayvon Walker or something. If he's still there, that would be a massive move for them. Um, well, the, the problem is I just don't trust that front office to do anything smart. No, they haven't. They haven't done over the years. And the thing about the Packers is they, they're seen as this model of stability because they've had two quarterbacks in our lifetime, but they've only won one Super Bowl. And, and it, it, I think it's it's taken a little bit longer, but we're finally at the point where people are questioning what this team does, you know, questioning kind of the way this team operates. And I think once Aaron Rodgers retires, which is not that far off, uh, regardless of what his contract says, they they could be similar to the Bucks. They could be in for a really rude awakening if they don't draft diligently. 
I don't understand paying Aaron Rodgers. I, I really don't. You couldn't win it with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams last year, so what do you do? Trade Devontae Adams and pay Aaron Rodgers more. How does how does that make sense? I, I, I know that this what we're doing here is not about, I guess, that type of stuff, but it also kind of is because I, I just I, I don't think that they're competent. I don't think they're going to do smart things. I I, I really don't have much faith in Green Bay. Um, they they also let Marquez Valdez Scantling walk um, and, and and go to uh, Kansas City to fill yeah, the Tyreek Hill role. So um, they are really Alan Lazard is their best receiver. That is not that is not good. You took a team that did not barely scored in double digits in the playoff game they played last year, and got rid of its two best receivers, and paid your quarterback more. What? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not, no, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out why I'm, I'm also similarly lost. <laughs> Similar to you, I I do not know why they would do that. I mean, <laughs> has do they have like the North Korean government there that's telling them that they're winning Super Bowls when they're not? Like, I I just it must be. I I don't understand. I I know you can't let let Aaron Rodgers go. I understand that, but at the same time, Seattle had no problem shipping off Russell Wilson. And I think yeah. that that relationship between Russell Wilson and the fans is probably better than Aaron Rodgers and his fans. Yeah, I mean, loyalty isn't everything in the NFL. I mean, uh, and I think we'll see. I think we'll see that uh, Russell Wilson trade be beneficial for both sides. Yeah, um, and I, I think I think we'll see this Aaron Rodgers situation only be beneficial for one side, and that that being <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, the individual, <laughs> and his and bank Devontae account. Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Devontae Adams. <laughs> Speaking of which, Derek Carr got a nice little contract extension today, too. Uh, he did. So that, that, that for him. Put, put to bed any speculation of him being on the move. Uh, but another, like I said uh, at the beginning of the NFC North, uh, the, the Bears also need to draft a, a weapon for Justin Fields for a completely different reason. He's at the beginning of his career, and he took his lumps last year. And there's high expectations in Chicago this year, um, Of I think, <clears throat> because of the type of quarterback Justin Fields is. And because I think that team's defense is a little bit better than people give them credit for. And they just, that, that's a team that hasn't really had star power in a while. I mean, who was the last like bona fide star to play offense for the Chicago bears? Or was it the, uh, the other, the other Adrian Peterson, like Matt Forte, like, Matt, Matt Forte is who I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. That me, uh, I mean, me too. Devin like, Hester? Really name. Yeah. I mean, Devin Hester. But they haven't really had a name like that, a, a needle moving name like that in Chicago, uh, on a you know on a league wide scale in a few years. If, if Mitch Trubisky could throw to the left, Allen Robinson would have been that. Yeah, he would have, but he he would have. I mean, he didn't he didn't drop a pass since he's been in Chicago. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson's gonna gonna do really well with the, with the Rams. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, who who who? Who do the the Bears reach for to to help Justin Fields out? I mean they they don't have a first round pick, so yeah. uh, they're they're not getting they're not getting expensive help. But as we've lauded on this entire show so far, this this draft is about depth. If you have a lot of second, a lot of third, a lot of fourth round picks, you're probably actually going to be better off than teams that maybe have two first rounders because there's a lot of guys in that second, third, fourth round that are just this close away from having a first round grade and being in that first round um, for, for, for Chicago. I like a guy like, uh, like Mechie who, who falls. 
Um, give me a value pick for Chicago. That's what Chicago needs. Chicago needs some value picks. Or or maybe trade both of your first rounders and go get – I mean, your second rounders and go get Garrett Wilson. Go get your quarterback, what all the other young quarterbacks in this league have, and that's a former teammate to throw to. That is the new hot thing to do. Go get Justin Fields, an Ohio State receiver to throw to. Um, at the very least, maybe go get in Jeremy Ruckert in the second round, the tight end out of Ohio State. Who I'm, I, I love this kid, by the way. Um, go get, you know, you need to get Justin Fields some a, a comfort player. He needs a Travis Etienne. He just needs someone there uh, that he's played with that he has some comfort with. Because I like, I like Darnell Mooney. I like what he's going to do with Darnell Mooney. I like the Cole Komet connection he got, uh, kind of a little bit more in groove with as the season went on, but. He needs a guy, and I don't see a guy for Justin Fields right now in Chicago. Like I, I don't see that guy that is going to go get a third down whenever he needs it. I, I, I would probably package my picks and try to go get an Ohio State guy if I'm Chicago. Yeah, I think that's a good point about um, about like the comfort guy. Like, like uh, it's like a, like the mashed potatoes to go with with the, with the, the fried chicken in like a Bojangles combo, like. You have and it just feels right if you have somebody yeah. from your alma mater, uh, like like when when the, the Redskins had Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin, our RIP Dwayne Haskins, our first mention since, in peace. since that news uh, broke this weekend. Uh, but that was a, a big it was a it was a big help for Haskins' development, but it was also a big help for Terry McLaurin's development too. Yep. I mean that that can't be understated. Um, if you go out and get like a Chris Olave, I think you'll see Olave develop more with Justin Fields or develop quicker th- with Justin Fields than he would with, you know, like any other quarterback like Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins. And uh, Olave will be a little bit more uh, friendly to trade up for because, like I said, I think Garrett Wilson's the top receiver in this class. He's probably a top 10 pick just depending on where everything falls. But uh, Olave is probably fifth in this class. And, I mean, he's he's really, really good. We were talking about him being the best receiver in this class before the season started and it's kind of everyone shot up ahead of him. Not that he had a bad season. He actually had a great season. But um, I, I think that's a good value pick for them. If they trade 39 and a third or a fourth to move up, uh, maybe back end of the first, top of the second, maybe with the Jaguars, um, and make sure that they get a comfort pick to, to I don't know, j- just kind of help facilitate the growth in Chicago. It just feels like it's been a barren wasteland where – Nothing makes sense. Nothing really happens. It's just another year. Nothing has grown. We haven't fostered anything. We trade everything for Khalil Mack, turn around, trade him for peanuts three years later. You just need some consistency. You need a culture in Chicago, really. And having players that are familiar with each other certainly helps facilitate that, especially especially when they're coming from an extremely successful program like Ohio State. That can't be understated either. Bringing a winning culture in – um, now, of course, team last year tried to bring in some winning culture from Ohio State and got shot in the leg for it. But I think the players will be fine. Yeah, definitely. You, uh, the Redskins did a similar thing on defense with Alabama like four or five exactly. years ago. Yep. Just yeah. And just... I mean, there, there, there's and there's no coincidence that they have, I think, one of the more consistent defensive lines in the NFL. Yep. And I mean, Chase Young from Ohio State too. So. Yeah, you know, a lot, of, a lot of that, a lot of that culture kind of just permeates throughout the league. That pedigree, um, man. Yeah, Go, going up to going up to Detroit. I think this is the first team. You know, this team picks second. They're gonna you're, 
they, they might, you know, by the time most people tune in, their draft, their pick might already have happened. Uh, but I think they're the team that can most help themselves by drafting a quarterback. And that's because Jared Goff just kind of went into oblivion. And I don't think he has much of a future in Detroit. Um, and you, I think uh, you, you have Malik Willis here as, as going, going to Detroit. Um, you know, I, I think this team is probably going to reach for a quarterback. I, we could see Pickett. We could see Corral go here. Uh, we we should we can see Desmond Ritter yeah. go here because no. because I think the Lions are going to do Lions things and they're going to reach and just take somebody because they they need help everywhere. I, I'm gonna have like a Kuiper the Lions are idiots moment if they draft anyone but Malik Willis at two. No, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. What should happen versus what will happen? I I, I am not. I'm still not completely sold on taking Malik Willis. Although that's kind of what I think will happen. I, I am not sold on him being the number two pick. Um, but, I mean, what what do you have to lose as Detroit? Uh, take a shot. You still have another first rounder. You have the 32nd pick. Um, you have the 34th pick. You've essentially got three first round picks this year, um, especially the, uh, the the way this draft is going to shake out. Um, your, your needs, quarterback, edge, and safety. Um, this could be a – I would give Detroit so much – respect if they took Kyle Hamilton at two not not to say that they should but to me it signals more of what their identity is going to be very similar to what I think Mike Vrabel is building in Tennessee I I I don't know why I just feel like Detroit is going to go big on defense I feel like that's what the identity of Detroit is going to be with this coaching staff um and Kyle Hamilton like I think is probably the best prospect in this draft. He is the most NFL ready. I have zero concerns about him translating and they need a safety. The problem is it's a safety and you can find them everywhere for the most part. Good ones. Um, so they're another one of those teams that I, I just, I can't put my, my pulse on what they're actually going to do because what I think they're going to do and what they should do, differ so greatly. Yeah, Detroit's another one of those teams that like, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they haven't had like a culture. And and with having so many high picks, or, or like you said, having those two high second round picks, like like being first round picks, maybe they can build something like a bit of a foundation on defense if they don't go the quarterback route. I mean, and they, they have Jared Goff. You know, he's not an old guy. He's been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he looked actually pretty good towards the end of the season last year. I actually, I actually thought the Lions looked pretty decent for a good part of the year last year. They didn't wind up winning some games. That they, they looked a lot like, you know, the the Jets two years ago, where it just seemed like they were giving away games at, at a certain point. But you know, you, you had uh, St. Brown come on at the end of the year. Um, they 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 have Hawkinson, who I really like. Um, that they, they they have uh, DeAndre Swift, who I really like as a running back. Jared Goff, I'd like him as a quarterback. He's expensive, but in three years, is he really? Um, maybe you don't go quarterback here. Just stick with what you have. And I think everyone's kind of of the same mind that next year's quarterback class is better anyway. Why rush it? Take someone who's, you know, you could have had a Kyle Hamilton. Um, yeah, dude, it's going to. Sorry, I'm just I'm thinking about all the possibilities here because it's just 
they're, they're innumerable. We we know what Jacksonville's doing. I know what Jacksonville's doing. So it's almost like the Detroit's on the clock. Yeah, it's like when Mario Williams signed with the Texans ahead of time, and that meant the Saints were getting Reggie Bush, and then whoever had the third pick was like, it's like like you have the first pick. It's like yeah. you get that suspense now. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, like when uh, 2012, when we knew Luck and RG3 were the first two. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> don't ever draft Trent Richardson at three, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's a name right there. To the Welcome Minnesota to Vikings now, rounding out the NFC North. Um, I, I I wrote them down. I, I think they lean a little bit more toward defense in the fir- in, in the high high draft. Uh, you've got Justin Jefferson. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you know you've got you've got guys on offense. Um, they've got a good offensive line too, at least in the run game. Um, but I think I think they're they're a team that can benefit from a, a dude on defense, like a, a just for example, like a Nicobe Dean, like one of those guys who's all over the field. Uh, no idea if he's going to be there when when they pick, but some somebody like that, Minnesota, kind of similar to Detroit, taking like a dude on defense to to kind of match the match kind of the star power that they're they're trying to build with on on offense. Yep they they pick at twelve, so directly after your Commanders, um, and I I think that their primary. Uh, decision is going to be do they want to go corner or uh interior defensive line in the first round um i don't think there's going to be a safety if kyle hamilton falls to 12 they they take him um but i don't i don't think that there's another safety that's worth taking at 12 so they're they're going to be discussing uh most likely stingley if he's there um and then i'm i'm Convinced Sauce will not be there. You guys are taking him, or someone before you guys are taking him. Um, and then you know, like you said, maybe in a Kobe Dean. Um, I see Jordan Davis fitting in really well there. Uh, someone is going to get an absolute steal with Jordan Davis. Someone. I don't know who. Whoever picks him, absolute steal. I don't care where he goes. This is th- this guy is the closest thing I have seen to dominant like Aaron Donald of anyone I've probably seen since maybe like John Henderson. Uh, he, he's he's just insane. It, defensive tackles, they don't do the sexiest things. They're getting double and triple teamed. You're not seeing them put up massive stats all the time. Um, but this guy is just... We played against him. I watched him all year against the best of the best competition in the SEC, and nobody could stop him. Uh, I, I would take Jordan Davis if he's there at 12 for Minnesota. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see Minnesota because they're going from having a defensive-minded head coach and Mike Zimmer to an offensive-minded head coach and Kevin O'Connell. Um, so I, always a little bit of a wrinkle when you see the teams with the first-year head coaches drafting too because they might take it in a direction that you didn't predict uh, under the old regime. I think they're just really set on offense. I don't think that there's a lot to upgrade. Um, maybe offensive line a little bit. Uh <laughs> Bradbury has not had the, the the greatest start to a career in Minnesota. Um, go Pack! Uh, you know, I, I, I could see them. I, I could see your point. I can see maybe going that way. I just don't know if there's anything to draft there on the offensive line. I mean, you have – I mean, on the offensive side. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, I think you're good at running back. Kirk Cousins, you're sticking with him at least for this year. I think you're good there. Adam Thielen um, uh, and, and Justin Jefferson – 
at receiver. You have Irvin Smith at tight end. I, I think they're set. I think they need defense. I, th- I think you nailed it. I think this is they, – they could just go defense, maybe straight up this entire class, and possibly, possibly – if a quarterback falls to like the third round, one of those top five guys, I could see them having a uh, a succession plan potentially for Kirk as he rolls away. Um, just because I think he's going to cost too much money for what he provides to to Minnesota eventually. Yeah, I, I would say so. Kirk Kirk Cousins, the biggest swindler in the NFL. Don't know how he gets paid what he gets paid, but he does, and I'm glad it's not Washington who's footing the bill. So it's just because it's the market. Um, yeah, you know it, that, that's just what quarterbacks are getting paid. He's getting paid in line with what Derek Carr gets paid, and I think that's fair. Yeah, moving on to the NFC West, another team, uh, team, team. There could be some quarterback movement here in, in this this division. I'll start though uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, who I think need some help in the trenches. Um, I think I think. Kyler Murray not being on the run so often, uh, I think, would be helpful with that his offensive line uh, doing a better job of protecting him. Um, Arizona has weapons. I mean, they've got they've got DeAndre Hopkins, but they did lose Chase Edmonds. So I think with the type of offense that they run, they did also lose Christian Kirk too. With the type of offense that they run, I think they might need. um, They're going to need help in the trenches, like I said, but they're also might look to a, a skill position, uh, kind of a receiver or a running back or a hybrid of the two, because they're, they're. I think they're looking for their kind of Debo Samuel also. Yeah, let 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 me let me shore up any question anybody has. The Cardinals are going to do everything they can to make Baby Yoda happy. Um, <laughs> th- th- this offseason, I think they saw how close he really is to just going to play baseball. Um, they're going to go get him a receiver that is not Andy Isabella. Uh, that they're picking at 23. So that they're going to have George Pickens is going to be there. Most likely Chris Olave is going to be there. Drake London might be there. Traylon Burks might be there. Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson. Um, they're going to have their pick of the litter. And honestly, they're going to have, they're going to have multiple body types to choose from as well. Do they want to go get a little bit more physical guy like Pickens to compliment DeAndre Hopkins? Do they want to just sell out on speed and go get, you know, a Christian Watson, um, maybe, maybe trade up for Jamison Williams if you're really wanting to get some speed. It's risky with his injury, but uh, it'd be a high a high ceiling acquisition. Um, they've got a they've got the 55th pick as well in the second round. Uh, I I think that they're probably going to try to shore up uh, a corner spot, maybe a Kyer Elam uh, at 55. Uh, maybe McDuffie if he's there at corner. Um, They've got a lot of work to do for only having two picks in the first two rounds, to be honest with you. Yeah, and Cliff Kingsbury's job is, I don't think, is as secure as no most people think it is. They still haven't won a playoff game with him or Kyler Murray, which is kind of weird to think about because they've had one of the better offenses in the league, uh, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, I still don't did, know how did they make the play- No, they didn't make the playoffs last no. year. That's right. They didn't make it the no. year before either. They finished 500. Um, it's just skewed because I watched them blow out Washington in the 2020 season. I was like, dang, Arizona's really good now. And it turns out they're just kind of an average team. <laughs> but not, I, not, not, not to make this, you know, into the, the, uh, the, the, the privileged conversation that head coaching vacancies can turn into, but I still don't know how Cliff Kingsbury is an NFL head coach. How do you yeah, go either. from getting fired by Texas tech to being hired as a head coach of an NFL team? 
it's a, somebody, somebody really liked that offense that he runs. Uh, but I think this is kind yeah, of a judgment yeah. year for it's a judgment year for Cliff Kingsbury, and it starts with this draft. They definitely uh, because, like something about him because there's a couple. Arizona's down a couple weapons that I think they're going to need to replace because this is a, this is a strong NFC West, a strong gonna, division. So I, people can still doubt Josh Rosen all they want, and rightfully so. I think he's proven that maybe he's worthy of the doubt. But I thought the dumbest thing they did was trade him and go to Kyler Murray immediately. I thought that was the dumbest thing they could have done. Um, they had so many more problems on that team than what 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 a quarterback was, and no surprise, they are still the same problems. They they lost a decent amount on defense this this off season, like you said. Um, they're they're going to be replacing that edge. Uh, they got they got a lot of work to do, man. A lot of work to do, and that's not a that is not a division I want work to do. <laughs> no, definitely not. A <laughs> uh, couple the California teams. Uh, we'll, we'll go we'll go we'll go to the to there now. Uh, both of them are will be picking low in the first round. Obviously, we don't um, have to talk about Los Angeles, man. Actually, the Rams, the, first, the Rams are not picking the first round at all. That's correct. For like um, the next ten years, it feels like yeah. fucking. Picks, said. Yeah. The Rams, Rams have done a lot in free agency too. Uh, San Francisco, though, um, they're really solid in the trenches. Uh, they've got Debo Samuel. They've got but Trey Lance apparently sliding into the sliding into the starting position, starting quarterback position. Where can this team help themselves the most? Uh, they can help themselves by preparing to lose Debo Samuel and having a backup plan for that. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if that comes from drafting a receiver or drafting a running back. I, I mean that very, very sincerely. I do not know which part of Debo Samuel is the most irreplaceable on this team, whether it's his route running or his just sheer gnat from making plays. Probably, probably that. So if you're looking to replace that, ugh, I don't see a lot of that, especially not considering your first picks at 61. Um, not a lot of those guys are falling to 61, uh, at least not this day and age. Um Maybe they trade up. I'm still not convinced San Francisco is is done. They had they had to go get help. They had to go get guaranteed help for Trey Lance. If if they identify there's any more holes on the offense, they need to fill that first. After that, I mean, they got they got a good roster, man. Um, defensive back is probably where I'd look. Interior offensive line or defensive back. Um, but it's it's so hard to say just because they don't draft until pick 61 to say what. You know what positions have had a run taken on them. Um, what positions are seen as valuable? Uh, I, I don't. I don't like a lot of the defensive backs here uh, in this in this class as, as we go down. Um, again, Kyer Elam is another one of those guys that's going to be in that fifty to seventy range. Just depends on who needs him. Um, I like him a, a, a lot for a Gator, and I, I think that's probably what they do. Um, I think they're pretty set. For the future, almost everywhere, man. It, they got a great roster. I love looking at it. It's an amazing roster. Yeah, and, it, and looking at the roster, it makes you think might not be too surprising to see Debo Samuel playing somewhere else if they, they don't want to pay him and they'd rather just kind of build around. Yeah, because like, like, we, said, yeah, go like ahead. we said last show, it was like you've got 15 Debo Samuels in this draft. So mm-hmm. for, yeah. Yeah, for for the most part, I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to boil down what Debo does to that level. I think there's a lot of guys that have his measurables. Um, yeah, I'm not but sure that there's now a, that's a what that means, or I think what whoever said that means is now that's a, a position people are looking at in the draft and actually oh, yes. evaluating. So no, 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 no. You, yeah, 
I, I am the one who said that. I just wanted to like clarify. I'm not boiling Debo Samuel down to just like he would be the sixth receiver in this class. Um, right, right. I just want to make that clear that w- what he does, I still don't see in this class. I don't see uh, a running back slash wide receiver right now in this class that I would trust to take that way. But a lot of them didn't turn out. Alvin Kamara is really the only one that I anticipated being that way when he came out of Tennessee. I didn't anticipate Christian McCaffrey doing what he does when he was at Stanford running behind 10 men offensive line, or not nine men, double loaded off the side uh, offensive line sets. And I didn't see that from Dalvin Cook when he was at Florida State. So it's it's new. It's new. I don't see a guy in this class, like I said, that really, at, at least at the running back position, that kind of matches that. I'm sure there are some. I'm sure some of those guys will develop into that as well but the the 49ers are going to have to make a decision do we keep our offensive heart or do we keep most of our roster it's a difficult decision sometimes it's a lot more difficult than you might think yeah and it's 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 decisions you only get in the nfl because the you know the salary cap being so restrictive and whatnot it's i think it's what makes the nfl a lot of fun you don't really you don't see this in the nba or major league baseball or the NHL. So I, yeah, I for one, I really like that. You put a I, lot of I front agree. offices under the gun. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, it would be nice if they maybe made the salary cap a little bit higher for everyone across the board, but you know, owners yeah. want their money. Yeah. And Debo Samuel's going to get paid. It just might not be by the 49ers. Uh, but <laughs> Dan Snyder said that money's not going to misreport itself. <laughs> oh God, I could do, do a whole show on that. <laughs> Latest development with those motherfuckers. But um, <laughs> last team in the division we haven't covered yet, uh, Seattle. And this is a team that I, I also could see taking a quarterback. You think Drew Locke is a little bit more safe to be the starter. I think that there's going to be more competition. This is uh, Seattle is a team that is drafting ninth. Nine. Yep. They could trade up. I could, I, I could see them trade up. I can see them also trading down, but I, I, I they're also a team that I don't think they're as set at quarterback as the latest activity in free agency has has set them up to be, or latest offseason activity. I think Drew Locke's going to be in the mix, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who's sold on him as the the starter for the twenty twenty two season. I think this could be a situation where. They draft someone and maybe keep him on the bench until Drew Locke's wheels fall off, or they feel that this guy, the new guy, is ready. Uh, but I, I think I really think that we're going to see a quarterback off the board from Seattle. Okay. Um, it just I, I've got this guy. It, it, Pete Carroll seems like the kind of guy who could coach up a, a one of these quarterbacks to to be ready sooner than people think they could. So let, let let I just want a little bit of an exercise here. Um, I don't get much exercise these days, so let's do one. <laughs> um, say Drew Drew Locke's senior year at Missouri was this year. Where does Drew Locke fall in this quarterback class? I, I don't think he's an outlier. I mean, it's tough to say he's like. It, it's tough to put him up against like Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter, but he's he's definitely like in the mix. He's like. You're not saying Drew Locke Locke is worse than like markedly worse than like Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis. I think Drew Locke is in the mix, but I don't think he's decidedly better either. 
Um, I'm trying to formulate my response to that. Not 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 that it's like like I, I'm not trying to throw shade Which, or like. I think speaks. I think it speaks more to this class than it does to Drew Locke. I mean, this class is unremarkable. But I, also, Drew Locke was kind of unremarkable to me when he came out of the draft too. I mean, he he fell all the way to the second round. Well, I mean, yeah, but he fell to the second round of a loaded quarterback class. I mean, absolutely. Who, that's, who, that's when, when did he was he twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? I can't. Twenty nineteen. He, he was the college. So he was the year after Mayfield and. Yep. All right. He he's he's two years older than Kenny Pickett. Let's just throw that out there. He's two years older. Um. But the thing is, we've seen him play. We've seen him play in the NFL for a couple of years. Have we? I mean, but but with who? Court, he hadn't played with Cortland Sutton with like five games his whole career. And that's the that's the Broncos' best offensive weapon by far. There's not even a guy close. I mean, Noah Fant, kind of, but he's I mean he's going to Denver with him. Um, I mean, it's just, just, hear me out. His last his, his senior season at Missouri, thirty five hundred yards, twenty eight touchdowns to nine interceptions with a one forty seven QB rating. His total at Missouri at Missouri in the SEC. 12,193 yards, 99 touchdowns to 40 interceptions, 138 rating. He would be the best quarterback in this class. Zero question in my mind. He is the most proven. He has done it in the SEC. Honestly, Corral's the only guy I think could hold a candle to him as far as stats go. Um, And Corral's just hurt. I think Corral would probably be, be the top pick if he was healthy at the end of the season. I like what Corral has a lot, but... Drew Locke would be the number one quarterback in this class. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I don't have the stats of Corral and Ritter and Willis in front of me to compare. I just feel like we, having seen him in an NFL uniform on an NFL team, I think I, I feel confident in saying his ceiling is lower than any of these guys in the in the league, simply because coming into the league as a rookie, you you have a you just you have a natural perception of a a higher ceiling than somebody who has played in the league for a couple of years, regardless of who's surrounding him. I mean, I, 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 I if you, if you haven't paid attention or watched actually what Drew Locke did or what he had to deal with, I could see that being the perception. But I just don't. I, I think I think folks are so quick to take what people say on Twitter as gospel and not actually look into the situation themselves. If you look at to what Drew Locke has done. He is by far more accomplished in college than anybody here. He the the whole reason I bring this up is because we're talking about Seattle maybe drafting a quarterback. And I, my argument against it is Drew Locke would be the best quarterback in this class. There's no reason to draft one of these guys over him, especially when there's a better quarterback class next year. Roll with Locke. You don't even know what receivers you're going to have. You've already thrown both of your guys kind of on the block. Let it roll for a year. Let him roll with with Bant. They should not be drafting a quarterback this year. We'll see. I don't know. I just, I really, I have this, this, it's like an itching feeling in my, in my ear that like, I think, I just think Seattle surprises some people and, and go, goes for one of these quarterbacks, but that's it, why we do this. But that's why, that's why we do a, this on the right hatch. If there was a good quarterback, if there was like, if there was an actually good quarterback here that I thought was better than Drew Locke right now and, and in the future, I I would say so, but. This is, it's, it's just not a good quarterback class. 
But that, but that's the thing. I'm thinking of this quarterback creep that's going to happen. I, I just, I think it's, it's an ideal candidate. And I also think just because that Drew Locke might be the day one star, the week one starter, doesn't mean he's going to be sustainable as the whole season. No, but you fix that next year when there's a better quarterback class to fix it with. You don't waste a nine pick on an inferior quarterback class when you have someone who, at the very least, is at least on the same level right now with these rookies, you know, as far as what you expect from them. At the very least, he's kind of on par. Um, I, I don't understand why you would trade for him just to spend your number nine pick on a quarterback. It, I, I, they have so many more other problems to fix than quarterback. Do they still uh, have Geno Smith? Uh, I can't remember. I, I don't know what, what the deal was with Geno. Um, trying to figure out what their corner, what their quarterback room looks like now, but I don't know if Geno Smith is is still there. Regardless, it looks like a six foot four white guy. <laughs> that's the first. Uh, that's the first. Uh, that, that's my first, kind of our first, my first like pick to watch. There is Seattle. They could go in a bunch of different directions. But wait, this is this was one of our this was one of our uh, one of our off air conversations that that I posted on the Twitter account. Our our Drew Lock puns that advertised this uh it, this this draft special. So. If you listen this far, let us know what you think. What do you think I'm right? Do you think Luke is right? Do you think yeah, we're both I, idiots? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, that's probably the consensus. Let's, let's be honest here. Um, but <laughs> that's that's basically the the NFC uh, in a in a, in a large large nutshell. Um, as we end with a, a little little spirited discussion over whether the Seahawks should should roll with Drew Locke, um, but. We go to the AFC now here on the right hash draft special. This is the first of at least two uh, NFL draft specials we will do. Um, but back to the East, the AFC now, as we uh, we move to the land of Bill Belichick, uh, who surprisingly has not been the greatest drafter over the years. Not that he's had to be uh, because he's had Tom Brady for so long, but if you look at the Patriots, they've regressed over the last year, couple years that Brady hasn't been there because they hadn't set themselves up for life after Brady. And I think places where they're especially thin are in the front seven and especially the wide receiver position. Like Nikhil Harry has not panned out. And I think he they're, they're finally ready to, to cast him aside. Um, I think that Matt Jones has the potential to take a step if they put – pass catchers around him. I think New England is a prime candidate for uh, one of those one of those receivers like George Pickens or Chris Olave that is projected to be in the second round, but still you could see a team reach. Uh, yeah, it's a team that lacks star power and has lacked star power ever since Tom Brady left. So to remain competitive in a division where you have Stephon Diggs, who's basically going to be a bill for the rest of his career, and Josh Allen, and now with all the moves that Miami has made, New England's got to kind of up the ante a little bit too, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they they have some work to do. You know, life after Tom Brady is difficult for you know life after any any player like that is always difficult. Um, I got to find out what their actual av- active roster is. Um, pretty sure they signed uh, Nelson Aguilar in the off season. Um, am, am I correct there? Am I like two years behind? Aguilar's on that team this year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think they're probably putting the Nikhil Harry um, story to rest. I think the 
Jacoby Myers' uh, story is on its last legs. If I'm being uh, frank, I, th- I think he's, I think he's a really good receiver. I'm not sure he's the right receiver for Mac Jones in that offense. Um, like, I mean, it's it, it is a it is a pretty. Uh, I mean that. I'm, I'm surely they added somebody. Devontae Parker is that right? Yeah, they got Devontae Parker from Miami. Okay. Okay. Um so that they added some guys, but to your point, none of those are like Yeah, they're they're not they're not needle needle movers. They're not number one receivers. Yeah. Devontae Parker in his heyday was, but I just don't think he is anymore. He's an excellent supplementary receiver and he's a good uh he, he he's got kind of like that Wes Welker, Amendola, Edelman type of mentality and skill set to him that fits in nicely with what Belichick likes to do. So um good good pickup there. I think the Patriots are probably going to focus mostly on defense, um, at least early in the draft. I, I could see them snagging a receiver. Uh, I mean, like we've talked about, that uh, that comfort stuff is a real thing, and there are two Alabama receivers in this draft. Um, Patriots pick 21 and 54. Um, could snag Mechie in that second round. I think that's probably more of where he's going to fall. Uh, at 21, you're probably – you're looking at best available between corner and linebacker, probably. Nicobe Dean just feels like a perfect fit here. Either him or Devin Lloyd. Those those two guys are tailor made for a Bill Belichick defense. Yeah, like uh, you look at someone like could be the next Dante Hightower coming through that that defense. Uh, Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick for as good as he's been on offense, it seems like he's had a kind of a special connection with that linebacker position too. Yeah, uh, through the years, uh, guys like Roosevelt Colvin. Uh, Adelius Thomas, uh, like now more modern guys, like you mentioned, uh, you, we could, we could see the next, next in a line of that. Uh, Rob Ninkovich, Rob Ninkovich, man, another, um, another great name. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think you're spot on. I don't think the Patriots draft skill positions very well, but what they do is they draft the other stuff really well. The, uh, to, to me, they draft the difficult to scout positions better than everybody else, but they draft the easier to scout positions worse. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably the best assessment I've heard, and it's so true because I just keep going back to Nikhil Harry, like how good everyone thought he was going to be, and he just wasn't, <laughs> despite yeah. having an awesome name. Still one of my favorite names in the Nikhil. NFL, Nikhil, Nikhil <laughs> Harry, Nikhil. but just a lousy wide receiver. Uh, Buffalo, yeah. couple couple teams here that um, did a lot in free agency. Um, Buffalo. Their biggest move, obviously, was re-signing Stefan Diggs. Uh, they've got an absolutely loaded offense, almost a little bit more loaded because uh, J.D. McKissick was almost signed by the Bills, went back to don't, Washington. Don't forget that Von Miller move. Nope, that too. So, yeah, they, they did a lot in free agency. Um, and the Bills and also the Dolphins are going to kind of test a theory uh, that, that I've, I've, I've seen a lot uh, over the years that, that I've formulated. It's... I think you're supposed to use free agency to shore up weaknesses and use the draft to draft, you know, kind of acquire your future star talent. Miami, I think is doing that backwards. Buffalo, I think is kind of on the better track because they've, instead of going out and signing like a weapon in free agency on offense, they just kept their own in Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs was making noise, wanted to be paid. The bill said, hell yeah, we'll pay you. And now I think the bills have an opportunity to, to build their future through the draft. Whereas Miami, on the other hand, they did so much in free agency. It's tough to tell 
where they're going to draft to kind of plug in their future skill positions. I, I can tell you, speaking from experience, it's really difficult to have a, a draft strategy and a draft culture and a vision when you change head coaches so much. And that's been the case in Jacksonville. It's in the, been the case in Miami where the only strategy you can have is find free agents that match the scheme or, you know, culture, the mindset, whatever that your new head coach matches and hope that he's there long enough to draft guys who and develop guys who also uh, coalesce with that culture. And that's something Miami has not been able to do. Um, they, didn't, they didn't even know if they were going to roll with Tua until like, what, four weeks ago when Deshaun Watson was kind of off their list. Um, they, they have had kind of no idea really what they're going to do for quite a while. Um, still not sure. They don't have any picks in the first two rounds this year. Um, I like I like what they've done. I like the moves they've made. I think their roster is really nice, actually, uh, for a team that ended on uh, such a win streak at the end of the year to, in my opinion, get better. Uh, I think they're going to surprise some people. I, Miami is my sleeper team of the year next year, but – you're, you're right. Um, I, I agree with you. The draft is supposed to be where you handpick guys who don't have a choice but to come play for you, really. Um, and you fill in in free agency with the talent that you need to fill immediate holes. It is It shouldn't be the other way for the most part. Um, I'm trying to think of any place that it's worked. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm just saying as a Washington fan, we did this constantly throughout the 2000s. Tried to make a fantasy team through free agency, and it never worked. So I'm I'm real skeptical of what the Dolphins are doing right now. But I do think the Dolphins can help themselves greatly in the draft in the trenches. I think that's where they need to hit heavy, especially early, because of all the free agency they've done. You know, they added Teron Armstead, and that's that's a good free agency addition in the trenches. But they need to do more. Because with all this skill, this skill talent that they've added, they need to balance that out. Because if they don't have an offensive line that's going to protect Tua, then those players are going to be next to useless. Yeah, um, and what I, I think it's almost common knowledge. Maybe some folks still think Tua is just an absolute meme. Uh, people on Twitter absolutely infuriate me sometimes because they just don't they, they just don't take things seriously. I take sports very seriously. I want to have a good educated conversation about sports. You can't do that on Twitter most of the time. But I I like Tua. Tua's big problem is he has these Disney princess ankles that if you breathe on it, they crack. You, you have to have an offensive line. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's something that the Bengals got away with last year, honestly. They didn't do anything, really, to make their offensive line better from the year prior from when he got hurt to be, they're doing it now to, but completely honest, they kind of just ignored that shit and it just turned out. Okay. Cause he is a baller on the run, but two is a different quarterback. First off, he's a lefty, which flips the entire offensive line. As far as your needs, right tackle now becomes your most needed position. Um, they have a, they have a great roster. That offensive line needs to be priority numero uno. You have your receivers. You're good at running backs. You tag Gesicki. Your defense is really, really nice. Make sure Tua doesn't die. Go get a linebacker. Go get interior offensive line. That is all the Dolphins need to worry about. I think their roster is good as is. I think they might win that division as long as Tua doesn't get hurt. 
Yeah, they, they're going to have some stiff competition. Um, we haven't really talked about running backs a lot to this point, and that's because the position is kind of going out of style and you don't draft them high. But there's a couple guys who I think can succeed in the AFC East, especially with Buffalo. I think Brees Hall could do a great, great things with Buffalo because they, they need a, a running back. Devin Singletary hasn't really panned out. They got they lost Matt Breida to the Giants. Uh, I think they still have Zach Moss, but he's not he's not like a star running back. I think we could see a running back help themselves and carve out a career in Buffalo. Like like Kenneth Walker is more of I think a power runner. Brees Hall is more of a, more of a speed runner. I think Buffalo's offense is more uh, geared towards speed. Um, so I think Buffalo could uh, <clears throat> could be one of those teams that takes a flyer on a, on a, a running back. Uh, just because they have so many other weapons on offense and they're dead set at quarterback for the foreseeable future with Josh Allen. Uh, going over to the Jets, I think they could also take take a, a running back because there's some star potential there and the Jets need so much help. Uh, but the Jets, talking about free agency, they swung and missed on a lot of guys, uh, including within their own division, uh, Tyreek Hill uh, and some others. Uh, so what we... we where do the Jets start? Uh, I know they, they have a they're they're going to be picking high as they have many uh, many uh, a, a, a draft recently. Um, yeah, they've they've got picks four, ten, thirty five, and thirty eight. So they have a in this draft they have effectively four first round picks, two high first round picks. Um, there's a lot of needs. Just going to put throw that out there. I think they've got. I think they actually have a fairly solid set of skill players. I think what they lack is everything else that fills in there. I like um, Michael Carter Williams at running back. Um, I like Corey Davis at wide receiver. I like Elijah Moore at wide receiver. Um, hold on, hold on. I, it's just Michael Carter, right? Michael uh, Carter Williams is the basketball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's another Michael Carter on. There's, yeah, there's two Michael yeah. Carters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're right. MCW is a uh, basketball player. <laughs> Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> but anyway, Michael Carter, like he he had a great end of the to the season and probably won a couple of guys a fantasy championship if you had him on your bench later. Um, they they need offensive tackle, they need edge, they need a safety, they need corner, that they, they need defensive help um, and, and offensive line. What, what they, they need help everywhere. Right? They were one of the three or four teams I put down on my list as needs everything. So the, the, honestly, the Giants and the Jets are kind of like copy paste of each other with what they need. I think they both have good receivers. They're set at running back for right, just as far as like needing to draft one. They're set at running back. Um, both need tight ends. Both need offensive line. Both need pretty much everything defense. So yeah, yeah they need. They, 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 both need, need they need everything except for skill. They they, they I I like Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be fine. In the NFL, I don't know if anyone can succeed being on the Jets or the Jaguars or whatever. I think he's fine. Um, got a good arm. Seems like an okay enough person. Um, not sure how he vibes with his teammates. I've seen him have some really awkward interactions with people. But yeah, can't even, probably can't even drink coffee in the mornings with his teammates. <laughs> I mean, what, what what do you expect from a guy who got squirreled away at BYU for four years? That guy has no idea what the sun looks like. Look at him. Um, <laughs> But I, I think the Jets are in a great position. Also, shout out. They have the 69th pick, and that's always good luck. Um, that it, It's all out in front of them. The Jets just take best available that's not a quarterback or a receiver. 
Yeah, and you're and you're golden and a running back, but you shouldn't really draft running backs in the first round anyway. Not this year, especially. Yeah, no, the, and also also with Robert Sala, uh, defensive minded head coach, he might yes. go out and get his get his dude on defense this year too. I'm thinking uh, because he's got dudes, uh... yeah. I mean, he's got a dude on offense with with Zach Wilson, so uh, kind of similar to Kevin O'Connell in 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 Minnesota, seeing the the if some a coach who's so uh, so set in in one area, seeing how they draft and how they you know how they mold their draft class. And I'm I, I, looking. I do want to. I wanted to go back real quick. Um, I didn't have it. I'm. I didn't have anything else for uh, the Jets. If you did, I did not. I, I just wanted to go back and touch on Buffalo because I think you made a great point. This is probably the only team in the NFL that I'd be okay if they drafted a running back in the first round. This is the same exact pick twenty five that Travis Etienne went last year. The only problem is I just don't see the. I don't see the guy that they need being the 25th pick, if that makes sense. I can totally yeah. see I can totally see him being the 57th pick. I just don't think this is a great, like, they, they already have Kenneth Walker. The problem is they have running backs like Kenneth Walker. And it's not to say anything bad about Zach Moss or Singletary. They just do, they are not conducive to that offense. They are not the same pace. I mean, that's why Matt Breida came in and just kind of took the show from everyone because he had already run – a little bit more of a West Coast type offense with San Francisco, um, and he came in and was scoring touchdowns left and right for the last two weeks of the season. Uh, that they they need to change a pace guy at, at running back to fit with a little bit more of their widespread offense. They don't do two back sets much. Josh Allen has great legs. He's a big guy. Doesn't need a whole lot of pass protection um, from a running back. That 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 needs to be probably their top priority is solving that problem and giving Josh Allen. Uh, a, a check down back that can take it to the house. That's what they're missing. By the way, um, I'm looking through round four, and it looks like who, the team with the 20th pick in round four, so that's round four, pick number 20, just to be clear, is the Miami Dolphins. So oh. we're in the right division. So so the 69th pick and the round four, pick 20, all within the AFC East as of this moment. So, Man. The- Boy, we were... We, this is, we're going to be paying extra attention to this division. It, it turns out that, but between those two and Mister Irrelevant, how can you go wrong? Those, <laughs> those need to be like special segment picks on ESPN going forward. <laughs> that, they need to have Snoop come out and announce the fourth round twentieth pick. Oh my god! That they need to have. I, I don't know uh, who does the voice of Quagmire. Have him come out and announce the 69th. I think I think it's Seth MacFarlane. It he Seth does like MacFarlane? half the half the voices on that. Giggity. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> But bring him out and let let him make it in the quagmire voice. Yeah, <laughs> ju- juice some ratings. But anyway, um, it's going to be a really interesting division to follow in the draft because they're one of the only divisions where everyone has a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, it's that them and the, I know the Sorry. NFC East Sorry. also everyone has a first round pick. Miami doesn't have Miami doesn't have any picks. Oh uh, well, I mean they basically did all the they did the most in free agency, so they they get a pass. Uh, but staying staying in uh staying in some warm weather locales, uh, we go to the the uh, <coughs> excuse me the AFC South. Um, I guess depending on the time of year, Indianapolis isn't super warm. Uh, but Indianapolis quarterback musical chairs they go from Carson Wentz, who's now in Washington, to Matt Ryan, who comes from Atlanta. Really, kind of an all eggs in your basket year for Matt Ryan. <laughs> if he's gonna get a he's gonna get a ring, it's gonna have to be this year in Indianapolis. Uh, they they. 
I, I, I'm struggling to th- find out how much of an, an improvement this is uh, for for the Colts on, on offense. Uh, we don't have to go super into it, but we do have to go into how, if at all, this affects how they will draft. Um, I think the Colts need a weapon at wide receiver. They've got a weapon at running back, but they need they need that guy to take their offense to the next level. And they did lose Jack Doyle to retirement, so they're they're going to be shopping for a tight end too. And that they don't have a first round pick, so uh, help is not immediately on the way. Um, they do have the forty second pick though, which is very close to what we were just talking about. Um, I, I I agree. I think they need a different type of receiver. They have the Paris Campbell, uh, T. Y. Hilton. Um, Who's the other guy who came on there at the end of the year uh, from Miami? Michael Pittman. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pittman. Pittman. Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Pittman Jr. Um, uh, I was going to say if they get they can draft Drake London and have him and Paris. <laughs> they also have they also have Paris and Hilton. I mean, jeez. I, I mean, s- sign me up right now. At just marketing <laughs> alone, you'd make your money back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that I just don't know if they're going to be in the range for the big the big receivers um, they could possibly trade that, that second round pick and move up a little bit higher into the second rounds. If Pickens falls, I think Pickens would be a, a good fit for them. He kind of, Oh yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely not, agree with that. Not only would Pickens be a good fit for them. I feel like it would be a, a very comfortable pick for Matt Ryan too. Cause I feel like that's more of the type of receiver he's thrown to with his Roddy white, Julio Jones uh, career more so than he's thrown to a Paris Campbell. I also think we have to take into consideration just immediately, Matt Ryan's arm is older. And all they have are guys who run flies. No, I'm I'm boiling that down and making it simplified. I'm not saying anything bad. Yes, they run across the middle. Yes, they run slants. But by and large, they're fast receivers that they have, deeper threats. Um, And getting some of that flexibility for Matt Ryan this year because I think the Colts are all in and trying to win right now that's you don't go get Matt Ryan if you're not trying to win like this this year um go go get him a big body to throw to like you said lose Jack Doyle they still have Mo Ali Cox but eh. one of the best names in in, in the NFL <laughs> uh, did not play college football by the way that that's what's most remarkable about him played at VCU in basketball where they don't even have a football program. In fact, they sell shirts on that campus that says VCU football still undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Bo Ali Cox, great, great story, by the way. Great name, great story. I think that's probably where the Colts are are going. Um, They they, they could use another edge. They definitely could use uh, probably another interior offensive lineman, but Wide yeah, receiver, Mark. right? Wide receiver would be my top priority right now because it they they are trying to win this year. Yeah, big. Their biggest loss actually could be Mark Lewinsky, who signed yeah, with the Giants. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I forgot to bring him up when I was talking about the Giants, but uh, yeah, they that's a big piece of their offensive line. They lose to free agency. That was their whole identity last year too. Um, yeah, and the the whole reason I discounted Jonathan Taylor being the number one running back is because they had the number one offensive line bar none. I thought. Um, even even losing him, I think it's still – they still might have the best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, but they, they definitely need to draft a replacement there. Yeah, staying in the in the, in the South, uh, the Tennessee Titans, I 
didn't write this down officially, but I, I kind of floated them as a, another team that could have some question marks at quarterback and might need to address that. Um, but because they have Ryan Tannehill for at least the next year, they could draft a guy who's who's more of a project. That's that's more of a long shot. I know the Titans have uh, kind of bigger needs than that, uh, but they they brought Harold Landry back uh, on the on defense. Uh, Derrick Henry, you, you, you hope to see him healthy. It was really a bummer last year that he got hurt, uh, couldn't showcase his skills. Uh, and you're, you're, you got maybe the two best running backs and you know two of at least the best running backs, if not one and two, in the same division with Taylor and Henry. Um, yep. But the Titans' disappointment last year, obviously, being the number one AFC, AFC seed, losing to the Bengals. Um, and, they, they lost, and they lost that game because they couldn't score. I mean, if they if they had just been able to put some touchdowns on the board instead of field goals, they might have won the won the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, honestly, if they just don't throw three interceptions and set up uh, Cincy for great field position three separate times, they probably win that. I mean, they, they, that's why that that it, it took such a colossal fuck up for the Titans to lose that game, and it just all happened. Yeah, and, and that's that's why I, I I'm not I wouldn't be overly shocked if they decide to just say like all right we're gonna head in a different direction here at the quarterback position he's not gonna be our starter this year but we're gonna groom somebody as a as a project and you know T- Tannehill can only take you so far and Derrick Henry's only gonna last but so long in this league because that's what happens to running backs so yep. Tennessee Tennessee is a team that's gonna need an identity two three four years from now. Good, good thing for them is I think they have that already. Um, you have Derrick Henry and you have the defense. I think physicality is the is the name of the game that uh, that they they want to roll with in Nashville, and I think they should. It, it it works. It worked for them. It is something not everyone in the NFL is doing. It is it is actually unique now. Um, I, I I like what they do there. Um, they kept Ryan Tannehill. So they're going to have to draft a receiver this year that is different than uh, Bobby Trees and A.J. Brown. Uh, they, need a, they need a speed guy. They need yeah, small, They need a slot guy, like a smaller receiver. Yeah, they, they need what they thought Tajay Sharp was. Um, they pick at 26. You're probably going to be – I mean, I mean, we, we keep mentioning the same, like, four guys because yeah, I, mean, I, I just feel like the way the NFL is – Wide receiver is going to be massive in this first round, but Christian Watson and Sky Moore, maybe, maybe John Mechie. The the tricky part here for Tennessee is they don't have a second round pick, um, which re- really, really makes your first round pick very important. Um, and I just don't know if there's an impact receiver year one, which I think they need year one right now. They since they committed to Tannehill. I think they're also doing what the Colts are doing and saying we're going to win in 2022. Um, they, they need to replace a tight end too. That I, I don't think folks are really giving enough credit to the loss of Johnny Smith and how much comfort that took away from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and I just don't, you know, my, Michael Pruitt, he's nice, but I mean, the state of Tennessee hasn't had a good Pruitt since I've been alive. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't think that's the right way to go. You're not going to draft a tight end, obviously, here in the first round, but I think the Titans will be wise to split this pick out and try to try to snag two second rounders because they 
they need a little bit more quantity of quality rather than just pure top end quality, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the, the, when you go to the playoffs, you kind of have the luxury of being a little bit more flexible with your draft because you just, you know, you have a little more skill than, than the other teams. So I don't think Tennessee can really go wrong with who they draft. It's kind of more how they develop whoever they pick. If that makes sense, you know, okay. it's it's like I'm trying to think of a, I'm struggling to think of a metaphor here, but like they, they they have a lot of options and they have a lot of directions they can go. I think the challenge for them more is going to be it's going to be more of a test of Mike Rabel and company as a coaching staff to sustain the success this team has been having with players that you don't hear as much about. Like, you know, AJ Brown for example was not as talked about until the last, you know, the last year or so. Um, Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that is not in the top tier of quarterbacks in the league. We had Armand Kuchecki on and he could barely name a player on their defense. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, a it's more it, of an it's kind of a more, <laughs> yeah, more, more, of, more of a show. It, it, I think whoever, however they do with this draft is going to be more speaking to the ability of Vrabel and company as coaches that they, they let Rashawn Evans walk as well. So, you know, maybe if, if Nakobe Dean is around at 26 and they've kept their pick, that's a Vrabel guy. Um, yeah. Maybe Devin Lloyd. I, I I could totally see them still going linebacker, but I don't think linebackers as big of a need as a lot of folks are making it out to be since letting Rashawn Evans walk. Um, like you said, they signed Harold Landry. Uh, we, we named off their linebackers last year mm-hmm. right before the Cincinnati game. They're all still there. Um, Bud Dupree, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line. Their defense is sick. Um, that they could use another linebacker. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know what they pick. I, I would trade out if I'm them. I think they just, this is such a good draft. There's a couple of good fits for Tennessee that are just later that I just don't think they're going to get their value out of 26 if they pick there, unless like Traylon Burks falls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're, I think the team that can, one of the teams that can gain the most by trading down. Yeah. Kind of along with like, we mentioned Carolina earlier in the show. A couple other, couple other teams that I think we'll see uh, kind of play play poker with their trade with their draft picks a little bit. Um, but I, w- I want to move. Real, I, I want to go ahead and speed up here to the Texans because yeah, I was going to bring them up. You you have you have a gut feeling that I think maybe a lot of other folks do, and I, I'm not against it. I just still don't know how I feel about it. Um, and that is, what did the Texans do at quarterback? Do they draft one? Do they commit to Davis Mills just for the year? What What do you think? Uh, so first of all, I think committing to Davis Mills for a year is pointless. I think if you're trying, if you're kind of similar to what you think Seattle is going to do with Drew Locke, I don't think Davis Mills is good enough to even do that. I think you have to just look at it and be like, look, this isn't what we want at quarterback. Houston's got uh, a first-year head coach. Uh, yeah, they are, have an opportunity to build a new identity. And I think that starts with a quarterback. And I think whether it's trading up or just taking who's there, I think we could see a Desmond Ritter, or a, a Malik Willis, um, a di- one of those dynamic guys who guys have been talking about and would excite fan bases just based on their play on the field. Um, I think I think that Houston just would be so shooting themselves in the foot, maybe even in both feet, if they even tried to get any more out of Davis Mills. Cause I just, I just don't see it. I just, he just, 
I look at he just doesn't even look like a quarterback, man. Like he, he and, doesn't even look like he should be on an NFL field. Like, <laughs> and what's crazy is he had a good year, all things considered. Yeah, and and, and I mean that organization has so many issues, and that, uh, they're just that that's where the hesitation is. He succeeded amidst all of that, in spite of everything. He was like, yeah. the, he was like the bright spot there. But how much further can he really take them? Yeah, how much like is he is he or is he more of like a like when the Redskins had Rex Grossman and it was like obvious that he was a backup playing a starter's role? Well, like it's the same question I lobbed to you and Armand last year about Heineke, and you both said, "Let's see what he has." He looked he looked okay. There's no reason to rush and make the wrong decision if you don't know if you've made the right decision. Um, and if he played poorly, I would have no problem with it. And just for everyone out there, as of right now, I have Malik Willis mocked to Texans at the third pick. But I I wouldn't advocate for it, is what I'm saying. Um, I, I wouldn't be completely against it. I can understand it. I just wouldn't do it, again, with this draft class. I don't think this is the draft class that you should make a move if it is a 50-50 move. And I think in Houston, it's a 50-50 move. In Carolina, almost a 50-50 move. Seattle, 50-50 move. And I think your odds next year with the same guys are not 50-50 moves. There are much better options next year and in free agency next year that you don't have to throw it all away this year just to try to force a square peg into a round hole. Maybe Malik Willis turns out to be Lamar Jackson, and it's the smart thing to do, very possibly. It's just really, really risky for a franchise that needs to get back going and get back on par with the Jaguars, who I think are a step ahead right now because that they're just a step ahead. And the Titans and Colts are step are leaps and bounds ahead of both of those teams. But you can start to see the equilibrium shifting a little bit back towards the middle. And I think the Texans need to fill out their roster and go get a quarterback next year if if this guy is not the right guy. Yeah, I think I think the biggest X factor is uh, the, the new coaching regime. Yeah. Um, Lovey Smith, not a new coach, but somebody who I think is going to, is going to try and try and kind of make his mark on a team, kind of run it the way he wants to run it. He's one of those old school guys. Um, and whether, whether that is him choosing his own quarterback or rolling with Davis Mills, I don't know. I just, if it was me, I'd be taking somebody in this in this well, draft because yeah, and I just to, to, I'm, I'm not a Davis Mills fan. <laughs> to to your point, both of those things can actually still happen. He can still say, "I'm going to pick my own guy." Just my guy's not here this year. My guy's next year. We're going to roll the dice with Davis Mills. Not waste a third round pick on someone I don't believe in, and just maybe he maybe we like the class next year. I think everyone likes the class next year better for quarterbacks. And you just you know ro- roll your dice. Maybe you're the ones who get Bryce Young. Yeah. Who knows? Man, who knows? How, like, God, uh, oh, man, it almost makes me want to talk about next year's quarterback class, too. Like, well, know, I, how, I, how good I, will I, Bryce Young do? Like, you, it, it really, I mean, it it kind of goes hand in hand with this just because of how eh, the quarterback class is. Next year's quarterback class matters a lot right now because that's what you're making your decision. Do, do I – do I take something now and go ahead be a, a year ahead if it all turns out okay? Or do I jump the gun, go against my instinct, 
and try, try to make something happen. And I just, I feel like on this scale, at this level, forcing things to happen does not work. There is a reason that teams who are drafting in the top five basically are always drafting in the top five. And it's because they're always doing that dumb shit. Yeah, like like Washington trying to force Dwayne Haskins as a first round pick. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, there, there, there's there's been a lot of those. I mean, yeah. Gino Daniel, Smith, jo- Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, another example. <laughs> yeah, I I still think the jury's out on Danny Dimes. He's got some good to go with his bad. And again, he's one of those young quarterbacks, same age as Locke. But um, but for all the good he's shown, he has certainly shown an equal amount of bad. Yeah, and uh, I think to your point about the a- the AFC South, it's going to be a little bit stronger this year too. Um, yeah, I think Jacksonville's going to take a step. Um, but they're another team that's done a ton in free agency, so it's it's tough to say where they need the most help immediately in the draft. Because I mean, if you look at pretty much every position group, they went out and got a free agent. Yeah, um, obviously edge. Like that's they're they're, they're taking Adrian Hutchinson, uh, uh, un, un, unless he like I don't know. Someone digs up some old tweets where he said some really bad things, or he, yeah. you know, like like the uh, oh man, who, who was my guy with the uh, the gas mask bong, Laramie Tunsil, Laramie years Tunsil. ago. Yeah, that like, happens. To him. Really, unless you have something like that, he's going to be number one pick. Uh, yeah, weed's legal in Michigan, so it won't be that. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was so much the legality as much as it was like just the optics of that. <laughs> Dude, I oh man, what a picture, what a pic, what an image that was. I mean, yeah, that 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 is that is LinkedIn profile written all over it right there. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of ways they can go. Um, so suppose they do take Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. Who's their second round pick, man? Uh, so we pick at thirty three, and that's a receiver, um, guaranteed. Uh, no question in my mind. Receiver goes there. Uh, I, the favorite, the fa- the two favorites amongst Jag Nation in that area: Chris Olave, George Pickens. Either one of those guys. I I actually think the Jaguars draft is really, really cut and dry. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, best receiver available at 33. Would it be cool for Pickens to, to, to uh, get drafted to a, a stadium where he has played the, the cocktail party? And, uh, you know, some Georgia, you know, Georgia fans could from like the southern part of the state could, could go see him play. Like I, that, that's oh, yeah. an underrated part of some of these draft picks is like, Washington sometimes gets guys from like Virginia, Virginia Tech, Maryland, you know, lo- local area schools that it's cool to see them play uh, for the, the the local team. And I, I'd imagine there are a lot of dogs fans in Jacksonville. So so George Pickens seems like a, a really good fit down there. Yeah, and he's 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 a big possession receiver. Which Tre- Trevor Lawrence, everything that he is, he is accurate. And when you're accurate. Back shoulder throws to the sideline are the most dangerous thing, basically, in the entire sport. And you need a big body to go get that. Hopefully, George Pickens can keep from spraying water bottles into people's faces like he did to Tennessee two years ago. But uh, as as a receiver prospect, it's it's hard to find one that has more upside. Yeah, definitely. I I remember him coming out of high school, man. I I think he was the top receiver in the class. Um, And I mean... Goodness gracious, the battles that went on online for this guy. Um, and it's, it's you know, kind of cool to see him turning it back into the NFL without having done too much damage in college. That's that, that's what I can get behind. If you're going to go to Georgia, go to Georgia and do nothing. 
That's what I'm at. <laughs> yeah, you just get the pedigree right there. You're like, oh, he went to Georgia. He's gonna he's gonna do good in the NFL. Exactly. I mean, yeah, to to a degree, that's that that's as important as anything. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, moving moving on to the to the AFC North now. Uh here on our right hash draft special. It's like the last real division we have to discuss because yeah, the yeah AFC, West. Say, we have, AFC West did a lot of free agency we'll touch on the AFC West also but the NFC North or excuse me the AFC North I'll start with Pittsburgh uh just because I'm they made probably the biggest move in this division uh in free agency and that was picking up Mitchell Trubisky who I guess is going to be their opening day starter for quarter for week one starter for quarterback um I don't I, I don't see that I don't they're not a, an organization that takes chances uh in the draft so I I as much as I think they might be able to benefit from drafting one of these quarterbacks, I don't think they're going to do it. No. Um, the only the only one Steelers fans really talked about with any interest was Malik Willis. Uh, but I, I think Trubisky is going to be the starter. I don't know how that's going to turn out. <laughs> That'll be interesting. But uh, they they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, so they, they need some help at receiver. Um, they also need a lot of help in the trenches, specifically the offensive line. Uh, that was Pittsburgh's biggest weakness last year. And now they at least have a quarterback who can move the pocket a little bit and probably won't get pinned to the ground so often as Big Ben was. Um, but Pittsburgh yeah. needs help on, on offense uh, with this this quarterback. Kind of kind of an, an unknown going into this year is the Pittsburgh offense. Yeah, that that you know cohesive group that we all got to know with the Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster, uh, Pouncey, you know, just kind of that that unit seemed like it was the same offensive line for a decade. Uh, they, they've, they've all retired. Ramon Foster's doing state run radio in Tennessee. Now uh, a lot of those guys are living their best life. And I think you nailed yeah. it. Uh, interior offensive line, offensive line in general for the Steelers is massive. Uh, they have uh, the 20th pick and the 52nd pick. Um, I can see them go quarterback. Um you know, not, not not to sound too, you know, bottom line about it, but they did lose two quarterbacks over the weekend. Um, you know, the the, the, the tragic loss of, of Dwayne Haskins and uh, Josh Dobbs signing with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they are down to just Trubisky and Mason Rudolph in that quarterback room. So uh, conventional wisdom says they probably take a guy. Uh, I just don't know where. I like Pickett's fit, but I feel like I've just heard that nipped in the bud a couple of times already by Pittsburgh that it just doesn't sound like they really won him that bad. Um, I think it would be great to get a pit quarterback to play at the Steelers. I think that would just be kind of cool myself, but um, I, I think they probably take a guy here, but I think it's going to be more in the, you know, if, if, if Des Ritter or Matt Corral falls to their 52nd pick, they probably take them. Otherwise, Look for these guys to take Carson Strong or Bailey Zappi uh, later in the draft just to fill out their quarterback room and and very, very much anticipate them picking a guy next year if Mitch Trubisky is similar to Chicago Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, but Bailey Zappi, I, I, I've actually gotten to watch him play a lot because of uh, working in Conference USA. Uh, in our next draft, our next draft special, we'll talk more about individual guys uh, from lesser-known schools, at least I will. Um, who might might surprise people on draft day? Uh, but I think that's a, I think that's a good name to watch uh, for yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, kind of a, a, a lower round quarterback. I don't think they'll draft one of these more publicized guys <laughs> if they do go with a quarterback. Um, but I think I think Jack Cohen's another guy who who could end up in Pittsburgh. Um, 
But yeah, there's a there's a lot of good quarterback room quarterbacks in this draft. Right. There's not a lot of guys that I don't I don't you don't really envision being like I was thinking about this right before we started the show. I grabbed a shower. I was thinking about this. There there is not. Correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe insert your opinion. There is not a prospect in this class that I see as ever having the potential to be the face of the NFL. No, I like. I actually, well, you're correct. Like, I agree with you. The answer is no. And so um, I, I think that makes this a little bit more of an interesting draft because there's just not that obvious. That, there's there's not obvious answers here other than I know what Jacksonville's doing at one. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like a couple of years ago you had Joe Burrow and he was like very much groomed as like one of the faces of the NFL. And you just, you don't have a Joe Burrow in this draft. I mean, dude, we've had years where Kuiper has nailed the top 10 because it's been so obvious, like spot on exactly 10 for 10 because it has just been, it's been logical. It's been obvious. The value was there. Everything made sense. The NFL is in just such a, this weird middle ground of trying to figure out, does it want to just be an offensive league? Do we want to still play defense? Are we doing running backs? Are we doing wide receivers? What's the tight end situation going to look like? How do we play defense in this league now? There is just so much kind of up in the air that it's so hard to anticipate what teams need, what teams want, what teams will do. Um, and and Pittsburgh's a prime example. They have the 20th pick and two quarterbacks, and it's just it's just one of those classes that there's just not even a guy that I feel comfortable with them taking there, and they need a quarterback. Yeah, but I think where Pittsburgh will make that up is like at the positions people don't think about, like like offensive line and like you know, like outside linebacker or like cornerback. Like they always draft really well uh, yep. in in those positions. So I, I think I think uh, if Pittsburgh takes a quarterback, it's going to be later on fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, first few picks they have are going to be spent on uh, on those positions I just mentioned. I'm not worried about their ability at all. Um, maybe other than quarterback, just because I think that they waited a year too long on having the success, the real succession plan for Ben. I, I don't, I don't think Dwayne Haskins was ever the actual succession plan. I think he was definitely a guy they wanted to get in there and develop and, you know, ha- have him be part of the competition every year. But I, I'm not so, I'm not so certain that they ever had designs on him being the guy in Pittsburgh long-term. Um, so I, they probably had this Trubisky move in mind for a while. And if they've had a Trubisky move in mind, I guarantee you they have a, a plan to pick a quarterback next year. Should that fail? Yeah. Moving down the division, Cincinnati from going to the Super Bowl last year, biggest place they needed help was the offensive line. They did that in free agency. They kind of did the went the the Dolphins route and made a bunch of big signings in free agency uh, for the the um, the offensive line. Lyle Collins coming over from Dallas. Uh, he is penciled in at right tackle uh, for the Bengals now. Uh, I believe they signed Alex Kappa from yep. uh, from the, the Buccaneers. Yep. So they have beefed up the offensive line, which is where I would have. I would have told Cincinnati to draft an offensive lineman, but it looks like they've done some work there. Um, they've they they've got weapons on offense. They've got endless weapons on offense. I think Cincinnati needs some help at the pass rush, though. I think if they adding that next dimension to their game, Trey Hendrickson was really good in this department last year, but adding someone else who can give the quarterback trouble, uh, you know, disrupt in the backfield, that would just make the team that team that much more complete. 
Yeah, I think the only thing I would say to Cincy is if there's a good, if, if there's if Trevor Penning is there at thirty one, the offensive tackle that I was talking about earlier, um, I think they still need a left tackle, um, uh, a high quality left tackle, considering who their quarterback is and what they're protecting. Um, I think their offense is fine. They're going to have to go find another tight end after letting uh, Uzama walk. Um, that's a that's a later on decision. And there's a couple of guys I would love to see go there. By the way, um, I, I I agree um, with your assessment. Except for I would just add, I think left tackle probably needs to be priority one, just because of Joe Burrow. But I'm not so certain that it is the weakest position if that makes that there are weaker positions but it's just a more important thing for them to upgrade this year yeah that makes sense and they didn't that's that's one position they didn't address in free agency so exactly that's that's just like the last piece to the puzzle uh, like let's just make sure joe doesn't get killed um <laughs> let's be overly certain that he's gonna be alive uh for for the foreseeable future and then you know you fill in from there maybe go probably go corner uh Get some get some pass rush, um, especially in that division. You're going to want some athleticism to handle Lamar Jackson and what the Ravens throw at you, which uh, we'll move to here in a second. But also, uh, there is a new challenger who has entered a division by the name of Deshaun Watson. Whenever he gets to play, so yeah. you're definitely going <laughs> to want some. You're going to want some speed and some athleticism off your defensive line. Now, speaking of Deshaun Watson, is it up in the air? Is he going to get suspended? Dude, is that deci- is that decision still to be made? Because I think that might affect how the Browns approach this draft. Um, it, it's up in the air, really, only for this year. That it's kind of why they did the contract the way they did. He's only got like a one million dollar base salary and forty something million in bonus for the year. Same way they did Tom Brady when he went to Tampa because they knew suspension was looming or whatever. Um, uh, not was it Tampa or was it his last contract in New England? I don't um, remember. They, they did the same thing for Tom Brady, though. Uh, so it's it's not a long-term issue. Very much could be a short-term issue and is one of the reasons why you've seen them prioritize filling out that room with uh, Josh Dobbs and Luke. Remind me of the other quarterback they picked up. Oh, man. Put uh, me on the spot. Sorry. The, the, uh, the, the, the right hash stat department is on break. Give me one second so I can pick up for him. They picked up another guy. Um, Jacoby Brissett. Yes, yes. How can of NC we, State, of NC State fame. Because we've, we've been doing a two-hour show. That's how we forgot. That Jacoby, <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's been on every team in the NFL so far. I think. <laughs> At least in the AFC, it seems. He's been all over the AFC. So that, that they're definitely preparing. I mean, three quarterbacks isn't. Uh, three quarterbacks is normal. It's actually maybe a little bit light. Uh, I think what remains to be seen is what they what happens with Baker Mayfield. As of right now, he's a Cleveland Brown. Um, he is not going to be a Cleveland Brown, I don't think, very much longer. Uh, I think that's very, very obvious. Um, but that they, they, they are they're, they're making their that their plan B their preparations for Deshaun Watson at least having some sort of suspension. Um, by the NFL in some regard, especially since he went to Cleveland. They're going to kick them while they're down a little bit too. The NFL loves to to exert their power over those lowly teams. So, Oh, um, they do. Yes, they I, do. I, I think we'll see Deshaun probably play on a four-game suspension um, should nothing else really come out. I think that's – they'll just probably meet in the middle, 
give him four games and then let him play. So I don't think it's anything to monitor, really, uh, at least not past this year. Not, nothing to really warrant picking a quarterback or anything like that. I think you just – business as usual, pretend he's going to start and just go about your business. If he doesn't, he doesn't. If he does, he does. And I think they go defense first round anyway. I yeah. think that's where they need more help. Absolutely. And good, good thing for them, we haven't had a whole lot of teams who have had interior defensive line needs. Cleveland is one of them. And as I said at the top of the show – I love this interior defensive line class, even though they are all freaking Georgia Bulldogs. I, From an NFL perspective, I'm salivating over what these guys offer. Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. Uh, Cleveland does not have a first-round pick. They pick 44th in the second round. Um, we, we'll, we'll see. I, I just don't know what's going to be there. It's, it's so hard to say what run is going to happen. There's always a run on a position group that you don't expect. And I just don't know where it's going to be. And it very, very, very well could be defensive line. Yeah. And rounding out the NFC East or excuse me, the NFC East, NFC North. Why I wasn't even close there. <laughs> I was looking at one division, looking at one division, trying to say another, uh, you mentioned the Ravens who finished last in the division last year, but weren't even that bad. That's, that, no. that that's, that's a weird, that was weird. A weird, weird part of the AFC North was, was the Ravens finishing last? And um, to, to be honest, uh, it probably doesn't happen if they don't get hit by the turf monster like three straight days in preseason. True. Um, so the, the the first draft prospect that the Ravens need is a new turf guy. Um, <laughs> a, after him, <laughs> what 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 do you what do you think, Luke? What what are their um, biggest? I, I I I think they need to go out and grab another receiver for Lamar Jackson, mm. uh, like another one of these big dudes who can go up and make contested catches like a, you know, like, like a George Pickens type guy, if, you know, if in that, that, that range, they're picking um, a 14 that they, they are, yeah. they're picking higher than you would expect a Lamar Jackson team to pick, which, you know, last season sucked, but sitting here right now, you're probably not too upset about it as a Raven. Yeah. And I think, I also think the Ravens uh, in, in the offensive line, specifically the guard position, because they're going to be getting JK Dobbins back. And they're gonna have. It's almost like it's all. It's, I know he's not a rookie, but it's almost like they're drafting him, quote unquote. They're adding him to the an offense that he wasn't a part of last year. And if you beef up your offensive line, you can kind of use those two in concert. You know, use your quote unquote new running back with your new offensive line and kind of generate a rushing attack that's still stronger than what they've had because Lamar Jackson is going to do just as much damage with his feet as he is with his arm. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I like the call-out of getting a big receiver. When I think Ravens, I think Anquan Bolden. I think physical, smash-mouth receiver. And sitting at 14, I I think Traylon Burks is there. I, I've mentioned it out of Arkansas. This guy is massive. If you haven't had a chance to go look at Traylon Burks highlights from last year, go look at Traylon Burks highlights from last year. Um, you won't believe what this guy is doing at his size. He looks like... I don't, I don't even know what he looks like. He he looks like a massive quarterback running routes. He doesn't look athletic. You wouldn't think he's going to moss people. But in the big games, I mean, what about that Alabama game, he's mo- old Miss game, he's mossing people. I mean, he was the go-to guy in every big game for Arkansas. And everyone knew it. And you just throw jump balls to him and he wins them. Um, 
give me that guy, especially as much as Lamar likes to roll out. Again, I mentioned Trevor Lawrence likes to work that sideline. Lamar Jackson, as much as he rolls to the sidelines, loves to work those as well. Perfect guy for that type of offense. Traylon Burks is a match made in heaven for Baltimore. Yep. I mean, with as much as Jackson extends plays, rolls out, you know, throws, you know, throws off balance, throws balls up in the air, kind of toward the off toward the end zone. Having a guy that can win the jump ball like that is essential for a quarterback like that. I just I, I think I think the Ravens have been lacking that in Lamar Jackson's whole tenure with the team. And if they went just added that, it takes their offense to the next level. Yeah. As of right now, me personally, I think their biggest need is interior defensive line. I think they're going to snag Jordan Davis, the best defensive tackle in this in this draft, in my opinion. Not the best interior defensive lineman. I think the edge goes to Trevon Walker there. But Jordan Davis is a three-technique defensive ta- tackle. Like, he is a 3-4 a dream. If you get to line him up in a 4-3, you're feeling really, really good, too, because you have an advantageous matchup. You know he's not going to be triple teamed. And he can pass rush really, really well for a big guy. Um, so I, I think the Ravens probably take Jordan Davis. I would like to see the Ravens get a little bit more of that Ray Lewis, Haloti Nada, uh, just really physical, um, AFC North, you know, cold snow winter battle type of mentality like that makeup back to them again. And I think Jordan Davis is a great way to do that. Yeah. And the Ravens have a long line of that, a long tradition. Uh, I'm thinking of guys like Tony Saragusa back in the day. Uh, great name. And you mentioned you mentioned Haloti Nada. Uh, Paul Kruger was another one of those just nasty dudes on the interior line who you hated playing against. Um, so so yeah, like Baltimore drafting the next in line of those guys would I think be a uh, I think be a a beneficial move for them as we I, come I, to the end of the I, AFC North. I was just say I think we I think this is the. Not that we've missed anything else. I think this is the first team that we have been very clean cut, able to identify what they should do if they decide to go offense or defense. I think there are just obvious answers here for what they should do should they be there. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I just – that – boy, George Pickens or Traylon Burks in a, in a Baltimore uniform next year would just just look right in, in my opinion. And it would, yeah. look, it would look right as you watch the football too because I think they would fit in so well. Which brings us to the AFC West, which, well, we didn't really do a lot of prep for the AFC West because there's been so much in free agency. And actually, the most important piece of AFC West news coming down today was Derek Carr getting a three-year extension from the Raiders, uh, which we alluded to earlier in the show. Uh, But kind of just to recap what's happened in the AFC West, um, the Chargers, they will have Justin Herbert coming back for a third year. Uh, they signed DeAndre Carter from Washington, who I think is an underrated pickup, smaller receiver, can, good return man. Um, and they also got Khalil Mack from Chicago. Uh, so they beefed up both their offense and their defense. These are just, just a quick overview of moves. This isn't everything that's happened. Uh, but Kansas City signing Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, beefing up their receiving core uh, for their quarterback, O.J. Mahomes, um, who, you know, this, this, is, this is obviously the quarterback-heavy division. Uh, because and it, it already was, and then they added Russell Wilson to it with him coming over oh. from Seattle. So De- Denver lost a bunch of draft picks from that that trade. But I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll touch on that with you know where where does this take Denver? What direction does this take Denver in with Russell Wilson being the new centerpiece of their franchise? Man, it's so hard. It's so hard to say because I 
I they had to give up a decent amount to get him. Um, and I, well, we we kind of talked about this when we talked about Drew Locke, but I just I, I don't know if quarterback was the problem. I certainly wasn't the solution. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke did nothing to necessarily make it better, but they're just not working with a whole lot. I mean, uh, the roster's good. It just hasn't been healthy. Cortland Sutton has been healthy for like six games his whole career, it feels like. Um, we've been saying pony up since 2017, and it's time to pony up, Cortland. Um, I, I like Tim Patrick. I really, really like um, uh, Javante uh, Williams, their running back. Um, they're going to have to get another tight end. Uh, they're going to need receivers. Um they need to replace Von Miller. They need a corner. They need a linebacker, most likely. They need probably some safety help, probably beef up the offensive line. Um, there's a lot of problems they have. I, I guess, bonus, they don't have to worry about quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, this was a team that had a lot of flaws last year. I mean, it, it's all, it's you see a big-time quarterback make a move like this, and you're like, oh, he's joining a loaded team. But Denver's not a loaded team. No. You just mentioned all the holes they have despite filling Russell Wilson in a quarterback. But I do think that there's no happier position group in the league than Denver's receivers because this is a talented group of receivers to begin with. You mentioned Patrick, and you know Jer- Jerry Judy is another guy who I think is has a tremendously high ceiling. And now they've got an all-pro quarterback throwing the ball to him. So they've got a guy with a Super Bowl ring throwing the ball to him. So th- they've got to be excited about this prospect. Uh, pro- yeah, the, uh, probably. Um, I don't know. D- DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett haven't had like glowing things to say about Russell Wilson is that is true Um, that is true not 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 to mention I mean well I just this is another one of those things kind of like the Packers where I feel like they were just making doing something to do something and they just weren't thinking because I just don't understand how this changes anything I I like I said quarterback wasn't a solution quarterback was definitely a contributing issue to the problem, but there's like a thousand other problems in Denver that wasn't quarterback and they traded away draft assets, their quarterback and their young tight end and a young defensive player to get a quarterback who I don't think has a whole heck of a lot of uh, time left to play in the NFL. Um, And who didn't look sharp last year? If we're just calling a spade a spade. Um, now Nathaniel Hackett has done a great job turning a Super Bowl MVP Aaron Rodgers into a Super Bowl MVP. Um, yeah, he's done a, a, a great job of, I guess, maintaining status quo with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. I'm kind of ranting here because I just don't fucking understand it, dude. Like, yeah, yeah and it's I, also- it, I, I'm kind of like like a fringe Broncos fan because I was rooting for them when Peyton was there. And I just get kind of pissed off when I hear about what they've been doing because it just they they just seem to make wrong move after wrong move. Yeah, and it's there. It's also a loaded division too, and you're bringing in Russell Wilson to a division that has Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, all of whom are younger than Russell Wilson, uh, and and all have a better for, primary yeah. receiver. And if it wasn't for that trade, then Derek Carr would be the elder statesman in that division. Um, yeah, but it, it's. It, the NF- AFC West could be like the AFC North was where like Denver could finish, you know what, like eight and nine and 
with a yeah. decent record and still finish in last place just because that's how good this division is. And it got better during the offseason. Every single team in this division got better. And that includes Denver. But it's just that the other teams also got better. De- Denver got marginally better in the short term. I think they got worse in the long term. Um, I would much rather have what, – what, whether or not you even want to commit to Drew Locker or Teddy Bridgewater, that's uh, aside the point. I'd rather just have the assets that they gave up instead of Russell Wilson. Um, I like I love the direction they were heading, and uh, I, I thought adding in a, a modern NFL system to the offense would have been fantastic and the perfect thing to do with a, a, a Noah Fant there. Um, I don't know. I, I John Elway's won more Super Bowls than me, so. <laughs> true. This is true. Every, every, sing, every single person we're analyzing here has much more NFL success and experience than the two people you hear talking. So uh, just I'm not keep that in mind. That. I'm not saying that about the Packers. They are dumber true. than us. They, they are dumber than us. But they, they <laughs> have been around the block. They have played the game. Maybe yeah, not they, well, but they, Brian they, Gutenkutz they, will have some explaining to do. They have lost far more games that they should have won than we ever will. So, so even though even though most of the work has been done in, in free agency and offseason trades with the AFC West, just a team like the Chiefs, they're going to have to add somebody, right? I'm just I'm, I'm looking at them because they're probably the biggest contender uh, in in this division still. Um, the Chiefs, That's, where where can they help themselves the most? Dude, they're set up well. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. I'm like, no one has first round picks. The Chiefs have 29 and 30. They also have picks 50 and 62. So they have four of the top 62 picks in this draft um, to add on top of what was already maybe the best roster in the NFL. Maybe. Um, what do they need? Uh, defense. Um, they did a, a fantastic job shoring up the offensive line in a combination of free agency and hitting on three excellent rookie offensive linemen. I think they're good there. They could probably use maybe another player there for depth always good to have an extra offensive lineman hanging around. Um, they're probably going to be a team that needs to steer into this Debo Samuel type of position because they're the one who kind of created the offense for it, but they haven't had the position player to run it yet. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire just is not that guy. I think he's had two years, and if we've seen anything in two years, it's just Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not that guy that they thought he was going to be, that everyone thought he was going to be. I'm not giving up on him. I think he's a fantastic backup running back, but I don't think he fits into what they do primarily. Um, I think that's why you saw guys like Derek Gore take the load later on in the season and succeed with it. Um, so I, I would be looking with one of their four picks for them to pick up one of those kind of Swiss Army Knife, uh, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Kyron Williams type of uh, flex backs, maybe even a Zamir White from Georgia. Um and and give give Patrick Mahomes the checkdown guy, which I think he's been missing desperately, uh, as many offensive weapons as they have. And then from there, defense. Period. Blank. End of question. Look at your division. Draft defense. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. <laughs> monkey no, see, monkey do. <laughs> no, no, no questions asked. You need more defense because your offense was not – if your offense from last year with Tyreek Hill – could not get it done. Adding Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling is not going to solve the problem. You need to you need to stop other teams from scoring so much so that your offense can manage itself more consistently. 
Yeah, and if, if their running back doesn't do well, then he'll move back in with his aunt and uncle in Hilaire. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I just, I, it's almost like his uh, his time is his window is closing in Kansas City. Uh, but last thing before we before we wrap up here on this right hash draft special, thanks to everyone who's stuck with us here for this one. This we knew this was going to be a big one, so we went all out. We were approaching the two and a half hour mark, but that's how it was going to be here on this episode of the right hash. Both the Chargers and the Raiders made some big acquisitions this year. Devontae Adams, probably the crown jewel of free agency to this point. Maybe him or, him or Tyreek Hill, even though Tyreek Hill was a trade. Uh, but just the off-se- this offseason crown jewel, uh, Devontae Adams, to the Raiders. Um, but the Chargers also improved a lot. And these two teams played for the last postseason spot last year. I just want to know, do, do is Chargers-Raiders going to be the next premier rivalry in the NFL? Because if it is, I'm so here for that. You've got Derek Carr locked down. You've got Justin Herbert locked down. I think it's Chargers Chiefs. If it's if it's not Bills Chiefs, I think it's Chargers Chiefs. Her, Herbert and Mahomes seems like yeah. a little bit more of a. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the AFC West is going to be Sunday night and Monday night football more than any other division this entire year. Um, it's going to be slobber knocker after slobber knocker. Maybe not slobber knocker, like uh, shootout after shootout in this division. Um, you know it. You bring up a good point because I do feel like there's going to be a little bit of that here. Um, I think the only other division that maybe you have kind of that that current, you know, rage towards each other is in the NFC West with Seattle, L.A., uh, Arizona, and San Francisco. Um, I feel like right now they're all currently decent, um, relevant, and at each other's throats. So uh, those two divisions are definitely going to have some great games. Chiefs, uh, Chargers, Raiders is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I wish the Raiders were still in California, though. That would make it a lot better. Agreed. Yeah, and it's interesting when the Raiders play at the Chargers, they take over the crowd. They've always had the crowd since the Chargers moved back to LA. But yeah, yeah that's why we we did a little bit differently for the AFC West because it's just man, those rosters are just so much higher above everyone else we've talked about just in my, terms of star power. I mean, my, my, my team needs for the Raiders is Jesus. They just got to find Jesus, man. They, they need to, yeah. they, they need someone watching over them in Vegas because that is not, that is not a great place to have young multimillionaire dudes. That is a recipe for disaster. It is like setting up that it, it's like setting up an NFL team at Atlantic city. What do you yeah. think is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, there's like there's that there's that 24 hour just feeling, you know. It's even Miami, you know, even Miami sleeps, you know. Even New York, you don't you don't go out and get in trouble like you do in Vegas, 24 yeah. hours of the day. It, uh, exactly. So, yeah, so we've and I don't think the Raiders have been there long enough for it to really be a problem yet, but it, I, it will be at some point. Henry, you know, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs. Yeah, I mean Henry Ruggs. But it, to the, it, it won't. You know, you don't yet. We haven't seen players, you know, show up like mad hungover to a game because they were out partying in Vegas to, to our knowledge yet. They had so, another so guy. Look, look for that to, uh, they had happen. another guy. I've, uh, get arrested like two weeks later for driving like 104 through Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, it, it's, it's not like it's one of those, like it's not an epidemic, but it is for the first year they've been there. They've already got a receiver in jail and a guy who's got arrested for speeding. Um, so Jesus, yeah. Jesus is all the <laughs> or his Jesus, as most Raiders fans would would pronounce his name. <laughs> but that's been our right hash draft special, man. I I need to go make something to eat because we uh we just talked a lot of football. So 
that was that was every bit we dreamed of and more. And we're gonna have another one of these coming for you too, kind of more from a uh, more from, I guess from a player perspective than an NFL team perspective, and but a little bit more of shoot the next uh, a little bit more of a, a mock draft yeah, type yeah. of focus thing as well. We'll actually be kind of sliding people in and seeing where we go. But this was more. We get things clear of the air a little bit more. There's still, like I said, there's still two weeks and a lot of major free agents out there. Uh, yeah, and there's going to be. He's making his tour, so. It's yeah, gonna there's going to be one, more stuff that happens. One team that needs a safety is not going to need a safety when he signs somewhere, so. Yep, so that, that's why we're doing another. That's why we're going to bring another uh, right hash draft special to you, and thanks, y'all, for listening to this one. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you thought of our assessment of your team. Uh, we appreciate the feedback, and we are, of course, a show of the people. So glad to be back into the the football swing here on the right hash, and draft coming up, schedule release coming up. So we're going to have more NFL talk, along with some other sports talk, as always, on the right hash. Alex, thanks a lot for uh, joining me. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you can wind down from this uh, this epic mammoth conversation of of football. This is fun, man. It's like yeah, it's just it's it's working the muscles that don't get worked. <laughs> this stuff man yeah no doubt and and it's just like like we said just football's our passion it makes our show so much easier so we are we are glad that nfl content is back and we are glad that you have tuned in to this draft special of the right hash we'll talk to you for another one in the next few days and we'll have another draft special coming up next week probably as the draft gets closer for alex thompson i'm luke and carney so long from the officer alexander kuchecki studios and have a good one 